Welcome to Wrestling with Fetish. I'm here today with a very special guest. You're going to hear some crazy sounds in the background. That's because Faith is watching a, uh, a show uh, that's really loud. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to try to make it work. It's, um, I'm here with uh, one of my favorite people in the world uh, that I've, I've worked with now for over a decade. Yeah, a long time. Um, and you guys, there's really no need for introduction. Well, actually, there kind of is because you have two names now. <laughs> I've had so, so many names. Uh, for those of you who are into the wrestling thing, you'll know her as Lucky O'Shea. Uh, for people who have veered over to more of the adult content, she has uh, kind of re-envisioned herself as Crystal Clark. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's this great kind of spot in the middle of those two personalities that we've managed to kind of capture today and yesterday during our shoots. Uh, and uh, I'm so happy to have you here. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I try to have the very Clark Kent Superman thing going on where it's like my glasses are on, I'm a porn star. My glasses come off and I'm a pro wrestler. So is that where Crystal Clark came from? <laughs> that literally is all it was. Oh my God. <laughs> was I wear my glasses in, in my porn scenes? Because no, uh, back when I first started doing porn, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't want anyone from wrestling to know. Because it's still very taboo. Like no one was really even customs back when I was still just doing pro circuit were like, ew, she's doing customs. Oh yeah, yeah. So when I was doing actual porn, it was like, oh, no one can know know who I am. I, I don't want anyone to recognize me. I'll just wear my glasses and more makeup. <laughs> no one will know the difference. And that didn't work. People pretty much almost every day it was questions still to this day, even with the blonde hair, I'll get a picture of myself with red hair or black hair. Yeah. From here, or any uh, you know, all the different wrestling I've done, and someone's always like, "I don't want to be rude, but is this you?" Oh, Jesus! Like, yes, yes, it, yes, is, it me. is. It's I'm the same person. I am proud of it now. I didn't really used to embrace my porn as much because I came up in pro wrestling since I was a kid. So coming up with everyone and then then a lot of the women and men in the industry actually shamed me for doing porn. For oh, a very long time. You don't fucking say. Yeah, and like hardcore bullying, like hardcore bullying when I would go to shows, which is why I quit the indie circuit because I was getting beat up, Jesus like legitimately. Christ. So now it's, it's, they're all doing OnlyFans. They're all doing customs. They're all doing all the things that they shamed me for and other women like me that were trying to do something to make money because, you know, it's not like you can just make a lot of money doing the indie circuit. It's like we have bills to pay. Wrestling itself makes it really hard to have a normal nine to five if you're trying to keep up with a travel schedule. Um, and then for me personally, I was, you know, with a wrestler, so it's almost like double the problem. Yeah. Yeah, the bad things remind you yeah. of what used to be good kind of thing. Yeah, and now I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll embrace both Everything. sides. I am who I am, and if someone doesn't like it, fuck you. You and I do have a similar path in that respect where I was mm -hmm. ashamed of a lot of things that I shouldn't have been ashamed of. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I broke out of that and I was just like, what am I doing? Like, why am I limiting myself by feeling like I, sh I, 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 like I should be ashamed of these things? Uh, also, I do have Faith in the background. So Faith, if you ever want to chime in, scream something, go for it. <laughs> Faith is our color commentator who is also watching some TV, so she's really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> she will legit just yell great shit like, out of the blue. <laughs> Uh, but, um, no, Great so shit. see out of the blue, but, uh, no, so we, uh, um, I, I don't even where to know where to start. You know, a good place to start is usually to recap what we shot. Mm -hmm. uh, so for those of you guys who have been following the website, knowing that she was going to come visit, uh, we had two full days with, uh, with Lucky, uh, and we, uh, shot, God, I think nine projects between yeah. yesterday and today. A lot. Um, 
my brain is shot. So memory-wise, I can recall a few things. Uh, I know we shot an amazing five-girl custom. That was kind of our first thing, right? Yeah. And that was with, um, uh, oh God, uh, we had Gloss, uh, we had Levon we had, Lux, uh, Dakota, Dakota, and then and our Jessa and Jessa Rain, and yeah, and so that was an amazing uh, custom from one of our longtime fans, a gentleman named Victor, who uh, always throws his name into the. Uh, thank you, Victor. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> I honestly was terrified to shoot it, just because anytime you have anything like with five uh, performers and you have a really intense script, you as a producer you feel like oh shit I'm gonna have to wrangle I'm gonna have to make sure that everyone's happy and it went so smooth yeah but I think because you had five also really stellar performers I think that's also it's like you had you had girls that were professional and they've done this for a while like a long time you know so it's like you had a lot of um yeah. there was a lot of good things going for that customer yeah there was no there was no new faces in that well I mean there's some faces that were new to us but uh, not new to the industry yeah doing stuff so I mean everyone just performed the shit out of it and so it was uh, yeah it was a cool spy versus spy kind of thing you were the uh, the head bad Super guy fun you got to be the star which, meant, <laughs> which means that you got knocked out the most I'm always the star yes I'm kidding <laughs> you literally specified in the script it's like I'm, I'm lucky kidding. I'm lucky to be knocked out the most I'm like, <laughs> we, we can do that uh, we also shot, uh, what else did we shoot yesterday? We shot some great stuff with Dakota. We did yep. like a cool self-defense demonstration thing with you guys mm -hmm. with uh, the cool Japanese suits. Uh, so lots of knockouts there you guys are going to love. Uh, we did a really sexy sleeper clip where you and I were doing like just oh, yeah. basically just back-to-back, -back, basically back-to-back -back sleepers between you and me. And it was mm -hmm. like very simple. It was a tripod shoot, but sleeper hold fans are going to lose their minds. I forgot we did that one. Yeah, right? I was like, what's the first thing we shot? That was it. Yeah, because we busted it out like really quick. It was really quick. Well, yeah. I mean, we we worked with each other a lot, so we, we knew it was going to go smooth. Yeah. Um, so we did, we did an all sleepers. And then um, what was the last thing that we shot? Oh god, we just shot a bunch of actual like pro stuff with uh, with Anne Marie. Yeah, well, what was the last thing we shot yesterday? It wasn't the Dakota thing. It was something else, right? I shot with Anne Marie yesterday too. Oh right, and yeah. what was that? That was um, oh, so funny. it was another more pro style custom, but it had more of the goofy stuff, like a lot of the uh, overselling and yeah. stuff like that. And what else? Yeah, we did a lot. Oh my god. Yeah, and then today, uh, Anne Marie, we did two clips with her that were very pro and technical. Oh yeah. We did a sensual pro clip uh, or knockouts clip with Violet Blaze. Yeah, that was super fun. I've never worked with her before, and she was awesome. That was maybe her sixth shoot. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. She was really good, and our first was one of my favorites, which is Kendra Allure. Yeah, she's incredible. That was I was insanely impressed. I think she's like six foot or something like that. Yeah, right? she if she did like. She was telling me she wants to get into like more of the pro stuff, and I was like, "You should You'd be amazing. You're oh, natural. Yeah. She would be an amazing. She's presence. incredible. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely awesome." Uh, so let's start with because uh, we want the way that this works is we kind of delve into um, uh, how you started, but I also mm -hmm. want to kind of go into how we met. Like, oh, how, yeah. how did and my brain is so hard drive kind of. Uh, uh, limited at this point. Like, <laughs> I always, I, you always read about that when you're younger, and just like you know, when you get older, you remember the things that matter. And uh, and there's some things that I just kind of can't recall. But I think we met. You said we met at FetishCon. FetishCon. Right? Mm -hmm. I was introduced to you. You remember what year? Jesus, it would have been before I even started doing clips for sale booth stuff. So 2000. It was got definitely 14? pre 2000. Did I meet No, you? earlier than that. It was way earlier. Jesus. Because I knew this... you before I met my ex-wife. Yeah. And we met in 2010. Well, then it would have been before that. Mm -hmm. 
So 2000. You don't even want to know how old I was. <laughs> <laughs> let's you call don't, it. You yeah, don't. We don't really know. Uh, let's let, let's say 2008, 2009. Yeah, it was long. It was definitely really early on. Yeah, because we've known each other for more than a decade. Yeah. Um, and we've we've been through some shit. And uh, yeah, there's some stories from FedCon that are fucking kind of legendary. Uh, but yeah, so I just we, remember it was my first FedCon when I met you, and I remember you saving me. Offering me at the time, everyone, we were all very into smoking cigarettes. Don't judge us. Not a lot of us do it as much. Everyone, a lot of people have kicked the habit. Yeah. Um, but back then, you were smoking and I was smoking. And I think that's what it was. Was it, it was I was really, I just remember being really overwhelmed. And you asked me to come outside and smoke a cigarette. That's what it was. That was one of the saving graces of my very first fetish con was you were safe. Your crew was safe. Yeah. And I was going to be okay. But I kind of hung out with you guys. Because I didn't know anybody other than Ammo Morbia, and yeah. she was the one that introduced us. Yes. So oh, I forgot that it was Ammo. It was Ammo. Oh, I love that world. She's she's also an amazing presence in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope she's listening to this. But uh, yeah, so we met at FedCon. Uh, we started shooting. I think we actually shot at that. We con. did. It was like one of those things. Like when she explained to you that I was a pro wrestler. Yeah. You were like, wait. What? You wrestle? And it was like, oh, let's do something. Mm-hmm. And that was literally, I think, yeah, that was when we first shot. It was like we just shot one thing just to see. And then it was after that. Then we... It was really good. Stuck around being friends. Yeah, because then you came out to... Uh, I think you came out to this studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if you came to the old house. I think you came to this one first. I think so. Yeah, and then we just shot... And everything we shot was really smooth. It was like really easy. Uh, and I mean, you have, you, you have such a knack... And I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass. I'm like, total truth. Like, you have such a knack for, like, the different categories that you have to hit when you when you do fetish work. Uh, and especially if you're doing fetish work that's combat-based. Like, mm-hmm. it can be one of the most daunting things, I think, for a new model to walk into a shoot where it's, oh, this is a combat fetish shoot. Because right. if you're doing something simple like, and disagree with me if, if, if you will, but, you know, oh, foot stuff. Okay, well, you know, you're going to wriggle your feet into this camera, or we're going to flex your toes, or you're going to tell the guy who's watching that he's a little pig who wants to lick your feet. But it's pretty simple. You know, it's kind of like, okay, I'm doing foot stuff, or, you know, muscle worship, or you're doing, like, I don't know, someone's looking at the inside of your mouth, or, you know, little things like that. Or even like bondage, you know, bondage, oh, yeah. it, you, you struggle, you, you're in, if you have a good rigor, you're, you're, you're looking great. But with, I feel with combat fetish, it's such a, such a layered thing to mm-hmm. walk into as a new it model. Is. It is. You have to do not only the physical aspect of it, but there's also the the acting. You have to like in, in, enter into your character. In your case, Lucky, um, and then you have to deliver lines, improv. You know, learn how to take the moves, learn how to give the moves, learn yeah. how to sell the moves. It's a lot. And I remember you, first time we worked with you, there was like really no effort. It was just like, oh shit, she's she's got this. Yeah, I mean, that's my thing is, like, I think because uh, we touched on it when we were talking at dinner, was, like, growing up, watching wrestling, I was a wrestling fan, I watched, and I watched some of the goofiest fuckers, and they were my favorite, like, Shawn Michaels, The Rock, you know, I loved when they would go out of the norm and do the most extreme selling, Lita was yeah. the one and only, I still stand by it, she is the one and only female wrestler that will oversell, the rest of them, they can sell just fine. But that woman could take it to another level. And you would think she broke her neck 20,000 times. Yeah. Not twice. <laughs> like, literally. And even and the crazy thing is the times that she broke her neck, you couldn't fucking tell. Yeah. That's how amazing of a fucking sell she would do. And it was that over the top. And I, I to this day, 
worshipped that woman. Yeah. I met her one time at WrestleMania. Did you? Oh my God. I I cried. (laughs) I was literally like, you changed my life. I just remember watching you. I was like 10 years old and just, oh, I cried. She's incredible. That's where I, I just, I always wanted to emulate what I saw. And I knew the type of wrestler I wanted to be. She was she was one of my first favorites uh, from that era of WWE. Yeah, I, you know, that was, era is so special, honestly. It really is. Like, and I know I don't want to. You know, you, you you tend to look at the past with the with the, kind of the rose colored uh, glasses or whatever you say. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the, what the phrase is. I'm Hispanic, uh, but uh, <laughs> but I think it's rose tinted. Rose tinted. Yeah. yeah I'm an old man. <laughs> but yeah, you look back. Uh, it's hindsight. You're like, oh well, that was the best era. Pretty sure rose colored glasses. Rose colored glasses. Uh, and uh, and so yeah, so I would I remember I, I that was when I was the most excited about wrestling. Yeah. Where it was like the feud between Stone Cold and The Rock and you had uh, you had the Dudley brothers, you had you, you had all you know, especially you had Lita, you had Trish, you had Stephanie, you know, yeah. you had all that stuff, uh, Triple H. That was like my my shit. And like Lita was like it was such a huge thing. Everything from just her look. Oh yeah, she, she was not. She did not fit the textbook Barbie doll, know your lane type woman, and she still to this day doesn't. Do you remember when she showed up? Was it the Rumble? I think when they find when they brought back all the legends in the one Rumble year, I can't remember, but it was after the Times Up stuff. Yeah, and she, they told her, "Do not wear that shirt. You're not allowed." What shirt not. was it? She wore the the Times Up or whatever when they, it was the Me Too movement in wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She wore it. She did not give a fuck. Yeah. She did not care that office told her no. You do not tell that woman what to do. Yeah. She is just a incredible human being. Well, she also perfected the whale's tail. She did. She did. <laughs> She's just oh, I love her so much. I remember as as a young younger man, I was like, that is a look, man. Like wearing the big baggy fucking pants, but you got that thong hanging out the yep. back. Yep. Oh yeah, the trashier the better. It was yeah. so, oh man, I used to, I, so I wasn't allowed to wear thongs when I was younger, oh, but I would steal my older sister's <laughs> thongs and I would hike them up really high, bag my little pajama pants and give Lita promos when I was growing <laughs> up in the mirror. That's great. <laughs> and then they, they found out that I used their underwear though, and they weren't that happy. Like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so yeah, we definitely have a lot of the same uh, energy in the upbringing and like yeah. watching that stuff and like really being affected by it. Sorry, I've got a little bit of not a cold, yeah. I'm a little stuffed up. Uh, but uh, let's start. I want to really start at the beginning. So for me, the question is always, uh, and I do want to go back to childhood and and finding out the roots of, of certain kinks and fetishes there. But I want to start with, uh, in your case, obviously, I think pro wrestling came first. Oh, yeah. Right. So yeah. how did that become a thing? Because I know you, you started when you were like 15. I was 14. 14. So, yeah. So, very much under the legal age, which is 18. Uh, I think uh, you and Jordan Grace, because uh, Jordan was on this podcast. I'm going to blow my nose, guys. Sorry. <laughs> if you want to jerk off to it, I'm not going to charge you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Quality content. <laughs> I'm sleeping kids, bro. I think I had a booger in my nose earlier, and like Violet <laughs> picked it out. She was like, not to picked it out, but she pointed it out. She's like, there's something in your nose. I was like, oh, God, no. He literally was, like, terrified. He was like, what? I was so, yeah, <laughs> it was mortifying. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you and Jordan. Jordan studied uh, in, in Mexico. Oh, yeah, yeah. When she first started. And in Mexico, there's really no age limit. Oh, yeah, that's the one. So, it, back in the day, there wasn't in California yeah. even. Because um, I, I had started at a school ran by a guy named Rick Drayson. And he had a, he was a pro wrestler. He had 
taught like stage fighting in Hollywood and oh, stuff. Nice. Worked with like uh, uh, Arnold Armstrong and a few random fucking people. So I started there, and that's where I learned like the basics. It was right in the valley by my house, and my dad would drive me because he thought it was so funny. And I was already doing gymnastics and cheerleading. All right. So when I was telling my parents I really want to do this pro wrestling stuff, I had a guy friend that I'd grown up with, and he he was the one that was like, I found a fucking school. Just down in Canoga Park. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, let me ask my dad. So I asked my dad and he said, um, if you pay for it, you can go to wrestling school. Why not? She's already in gymnastics, doing cheerleading. And what's another extracurricular sport? Sure. So I, I got a job at Cold Stone Creamery and I started, I was making like, you know, decent money for a kid with tips and shit. And I started paying for my wrestling school, which was $50 a class. Every time you go, it was a total ripoff, but I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. So I went there for a few, learned the basics. What were they charging? $50 a class. Holy shit. It was expensive. Wow. Um, from there, though, I had met a girl that was in... She was there to learn basics because she was doing the WWE's Diva Search. I think that was... Jesus, that would have been like 2006 or seven. Yeah. Um, and her name was Rain. And she was telling me about other schools that she had looked into. Because she was like, I went... She'd done the diva search and like all that. It was, and she was complaining that the shit she learned at that school wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, their criticisms of her, rather. So she was like, I've been looking at other schools and I found this one, which was more inner city, downtown LA. And it was the Santino Bros when they first just started. So they had put up, uh, I don't know if they had put up advertisement or how she heard of it, but she was the one that told me about it. So I was like, all right, well, let me... Let me go meet them then because that they're a better school. So well, let me interject. So before you decided to do the school thing, mm-hmm. how much wrestling had you been had you watched on TV? Oh, I've been watching wrestling since I was like in elementary school. Okay. Well, yeah, what, was my, your, what was your big thing right before you got into the school? Like, what were you watching? Jeff Hardy and Lita. So it was okay. Yeah. So yeah. It was I literally that, it my, was that era. Okay. It was that era. Like, oh my god! I remember the first match I ever saw was oh, the, the Hardy, Hardy Boys. The, yeah, they were so fucking good. They were so hot. That's all I saw was hot. And I just I was, like the fact I was all, like a... I mean, I saw them more as I'm like, these motherfuckers are crazy. Yeah, right? Yeah. But I mean, them hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they, yeah, they always had that kind of dirty look. Yeah. Like, they like, they don't shower. Like they, they still do. Like they might work at like a Circle K or I mean, like a mechanic shop. I don't shop. care because I don't really care what anybody <laughs> thinks. But like, I've met them both in person and uh, before they even wrestled matches and like, they, I don't think they shower. Oh. I just don't. No, I'm kidding. So I, really, I'm sure they do, but like oh, you yeah, know, on occasion. Yeah, they got like that long hair. <laughs> like, did, just, did Jeff pass away? Did he? Did, did Jeff pass away? I think he did. What? No, I think he did. I gotta Google that. Yeah, Google that. Right what there. are you talking about? Uh, I thought he. I did thought, you just break my really right now? Did you not? No, no, oh, I don't follow shit. wrestling right. Twitter. Uh, look up Jeff Hardy. I, I honestly what? think he. Passed I knew he away. got arrested a million. Or maybe times. he's in the hospital. I don't know. Sorry, guys. We're. we're I, I literally heard about this. Uh, hold on. A little while ago. What? Uh, oh my god. Hold just, on. Hold on. Okay, we're Jeff. about to have breaking news here at uh, the SKW podcast. Did Jeff Hardy die? If he watches and listens to this, he'll be really upset. Uh, 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 I don't see a death certificate. Okay, okay. So maybe Wait, I... their mother died of cancer? Okay, sorry about that. Okay. Then I sorry, th- Jeff Hardy. Oh, no, no, no. You know what it was? You know what it was? He didn't die. He got booted for being addicted to, uh, to drugs. That's what it was. He's not dead. All right. There's literally a dead or kicking <laughs> article about him that says Jeffrey is alive and okay, kicking and okay. is currently 45 years old. <laughs> okay, my bad. What, what happened was... <laughs> 
that he, I, <laughs> sorry I, I, Jeff Hardy. I, I believe he was addicted to uh, substances and he got booted. Yeah, he's had a few. He's yeah. he's struggled, but that's a very common thing with pro wrestlers and pro wrestling because the pain management. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that the opiate. Uh, problems and addiction in pro wrestling, oh, and it's sometimes it's not even people that you would even expect. Like there's some people that's like you know there's certain ones you're just kind of like oh they do drugs and they don't do anything. I've worked with several pros who have battled uh, opiate addiction, yeah. and uh, to this day some of them still do. Some of them yeah. have broken free of that, and and I, I you guys know who you are if you're listening, and God bless you, you're amazing people because yeah. you, you deal with uh, an industry that forces this pain upon you and then criticizes you for dealing with it. What? Right, right. It's insane. It is crazy. Underpays you and then criticizes you for doing stuff on the side that pays you better. Oh, even even if they use, this is where it's bullshit, is even in the, the big companies, if they fail a marijuana test, now they get fined. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? It's it's cannabis. It's, it's legal in most states. It's literally medicine. Yet, yet you're telling them they can't take the fucking Vicodin or else they're not allowed to wrestle if they took yeah. Vicodin. So now, but they're trying to use something that they can still function on and you're like, nope, now we're going to fine you. So what? You want them to just break their necks and not use anything for the pain? Yeah. Like, I'd love for half the office people in some of these TV companies to actually get in the ring. Yeah. I'd love for the writers. Like, we talk about scripts and stuff and sometimes people don't think. Like, I, I full disclosure, I hurt my knee today because we didn't wear knee pads because the yeah. script said, no, script knee, said pads, no knee pads, please. Yeah. And that's fine. That's going to happen. But, like, I'd love... You know, and the big companies where this is, they're, they're doing this every single I've day. Had, I've had an entire week of neck pain just from demonstrating a move on mats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people just don't think about it. So it's, sometimes it's like it's really upsetting when they do fire someone or fine them or suspend them for a substance that they're just using to take away the pain that was caused by a writer who's <coughs> never been in the wrestling ring before, yeah. who's yeah. never been hit before, who's never experienced any sort of physical pain maybe other than stubbing their toe. True. It's very. I wish all their writers, honestly, in like WWE and big companies, were actually wrestlers. But that's just my. That's an optimism. I agree. That... I agree. <laughs> um, okay, so let's rewind. Uh, yeah. So you're going into your first uh, class. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Rick Drazen's was easy, but going into Santino's, that was like, oh, this is a wrestling school. Yeah. Like this is wow. They had, they had everything regimented of like this is what we're going to be doing. This is the week by week breakdown, and this is the lesson you're going to learn. And they are not allowed to do it anymore, but back in the day day, um, you would get beat up for real because if you didn't actually, we just talked about it actually at dinner, if you didn't really know how to take a hit, how are you supposed to sell it? Yeah. So that was my first few weeks of wrestling school. We're just getting my ass kicked and coming home and trying to explain that shit to my parents. Like, why is there? And I was a tiny teenager. Like, people think I'm small now. Like, I was a tiny teenager. Yeah. Imagine me at, like, 15 years old in the Santino Brothers ring with all these men above six foot chopping me, hitting me, slamming me, using me for their moves to practice on because I'm smaller. And then I'm coming home and having, like, male-sized footmarks on my chest. And my parents are just like, what in the world? Yeah, what are we paying for? Yeah, like that. I mean, I was paying for the school. Oh, yeah, that's right. You my parents never paid for my wrestling school. That's one thing I'll say. My parents never paid for it. Um, and then, I mean, even for, and then from Santino's, I just started working some shows via uh, Gary Yap. And I did, like, Epic War, which is very, very SoCal. Only really SoCal people know what that is. It's so just an indie show. Um, so I started doing some of that, managing, getting, and then I was learning more stuff in the ring because I was at shows 
That's where I actually met like the Young Bucks and a lot of bigger name dudes now. Like, um, met them through working those shows, and they were the ones, like, not them, but like other guys at the shows were the ones teaching me different stuff. That mm. I wasn't really there yet in wrestling school because the Santinos were really good about you cannot do, you know, a top rope Hurricane Rana if you can't take a basic bump. Sure. You know, they're not just going to let you go in there and do a bunch of moves. Um, and that's. So I, I was kind of cheating in a lot of ways because I was learning it when I was managing on the side, but then I was also learning um, learning how to bump and take them properly back in the school. Um, and I juggled schools. Like, I, I, I've, I've wrestled at... I've, I've had a lot of wrestling coaches, so I've learned a lot of different styles. Mm. You know, I had... Um, there was Rick Drayson, then I did the Santinos. Um, there was another all-women's class. I couldn't really call it a school because it only it only lasted a couple months, the, the, the coach or whatever. <laughs> um, ended up quitting and didn't yeah. want to wrestle anymore. So that was, but I, I, re I learned some basic stuff in there that was just working with women because I had only been training with men. So that was great because then I was learning, you know, okay, I have to lift someone. I can't be the one being lifted all the time. All the time and yeah. Then from there I went to EWF and then that was when I officially, uh, left Santino's and then I was just wrestling, uh, for, uh, Empire Wrestling Federation in SoCal, which is still around too. And... Then it was after that, I was 18 and I ran off to Florida mm. and started doing, I went to FSW and wrestled in the WWE training facility, um, got looked at, you know, got told really nice things about my wrestling and then was told at that time, you know, they didn't want wrestlers. They wanted Barbie dolls. Oh, this so was like the diva. This was the diva era yeah. and I came in as, and I had, it's so shitty because I do blame I don't even care if he listens to this. I do blame my ex-husband for it because I had grown up wanting to be a diva. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I had started dating him that he was like, you should just be a wrestler's wrestler and blah, 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 blah. So I was in FCW, really good wrestler, and all I was told to do was get rid of... I was a teenager, don't forget, so I was, had acne. So I was told I needed to clear my skin. Oh, Jesus. And I was advised to get implants. That was all I needed. But really, realistically, though, I mean, looking at all the other things I went through then for a decade after that, I regretted never, like, just taking the chip on my fucking shoulder to be like, you're going to hire me for my wrestling. No, they don't do that. They've yeah. never done that. Yeah. All the women that they have there today, I don't care how fucking good they got, they got gotten that, they got yeah. good in that system. Yeah. They were that, not good on their indies. Go watch the stuff. To me, the, the <laughs> primary or, or, or like a, an exceptional... Um, Example of that was Trish Stratus. 100%. When I first saw her, I was like, okay, valet, valet, valet. Uh, and she was, uh, you know, eye candy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when she went to school and, and did her thing and then came back and then she started to, to kind of do the matches. And I remember being really impressed by her evolution. Yeah. But like you said, she didn't start as a wrestler. No. She started off as eye candy. That's why they, and I mean, they have NXT now. So mm -hmm. that's even more reasons that they can just hire the girls that they... You have to fit a niche. You have to fit a look. They have to think that they can put a character. Like, and that's basics, though. I mean, I've never, I've never been upset about that because that's basics of entertainment. I wouldn't want to pay to go watch. This sounds so bad, but like, I wouldn't want to pay to go watch two ugly grandpas. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't watch two ugly grandmas battling it out in a ring. I'd be really concerned for their hips and their backs. And what's funny like, is, <laughs> and I, obviously, yeah, and obviously, we're talking about age factor. I get mm -hmm. that. But back in the 80s, or even the late 70s, I, I wasn't really uh, conscious enough to, to see late 70s stuff, but you know, in the mid-80s, when I watched wrestling, you know, there was this block of time every Saturday. I remember me and my older sister would, would wait 
every week, Saturday night, 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. They would just have every hour was a different fed. It's like 8 p.m., WCW, and then, you know, uh, GWA, and then you'd have your Tennessee, and then you have your Alabamas, you have your AWE uh, or whatever the fuck. And so every single state had their own separate federations. Back then, yeah. WWE wasn't like the Before master. it was monopolized. And so every single hour, different show, different, different roster. Uh, and then at, at 1 or 2 a.m., you'd get LPWA, which is the Ladies Professional Wrestling Association. And it would be women who look like regular women. It would be like these big beasts. Well, there was actually a wrestler called The Beast. Which is like, <laughs> she looked like what you would expect to get hit on at a lesbian bar. Like, Love it. Like a butch lesbian. Like this huge, just powerful looking woman with a short buzz haircut and she was the heel. And then you had your, your, your faces. Uh, you had like Allison Royal who was like this uh, pretty blonde. But you know what? She was a curvy. She looked like, like someone who would be like a, a cute truck stop waitress, right? Yeah. Uh, regular, normal physique. Um, you had the Mighty Mites, these tiny girls, but they were also just regular looking women. But I think women just looked more regular back then. Like you have to remember <laughs> that. Like, no, no, I'm so serious. I'm so serious. Because now 80s we have, woman. now we have like plastic surgery. The girls' makeup is totally, like, this is what you don't know because you're a man. Makeup is so not what it used to be. Like even makeup just 10 years ago. Like if I look at my tube, so I have always done my makeup the same. People don't realize that, but I'm literally just using different products now because sure. products got better. So women just look different now. Women have hair extensions. They didn't back then. Women have better makeup. They didn't back then. Fake lashes weren't really a thing back then. Like, so women now, we just, we have ways of during entertainment. We have also two no. 4k footage. And I, and I get that. Yeah. I, I so women, that. those women were still the fucking wowzers of those times though my point is this so so i i'm totally not disagreeing with you i i agree that today you're gonna as a marketing team you're gonna want to bring the pretty first yeah yeah and then work with the pretty but i'm and, saying that was the pretty then yes and back then even then it was just i think what it was even back then i don't think pretty was 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 such a and i could be wrong but i don't think pretty was the objective i think the fact that women were on screen wrestling each other fighting was i think that was the tantalizing thing at the time because at the time before lpwa really the only pro wrestlers you saw that were women were like you had wendy richter yeah you had moolah that was it yeah that was it and they they rivaled for years because that was the only people they were the had. only ones around yeah LPWA. and they made but they did that did you did you watch the moolah documentary i haven't seen it oh you should dude I they did it breaks down of how i mean Mula was great. I'll never take, you know, away from her. But, like, those women back then did what we talked about. The women still do now. They'll make sure other girls can't take their spots. So if there's only those two spots, mm -hmm. those women made sure they kept it. Oh, yeah. It's very territorial. Yeah. Uh, LPWA blew my mind because, you know, at the time, women were supposed to, you know, women are like these nurturing forces in your life. There's no way they fight. There's no right. Way that, was that, that was the very like, first, yeah, like, they looked like your mom. Right? They looked like your mom. You know, they were, like, <laughs> they were women who were, like, you know, had curves. They were, like, in their mid-30s, you know, and, yeah. and your mom doesn't want fight other women but you're watching this as a kid going like holy shit these women are beating the shit out of each other and they did a great job uh, so at the time it was more a visceral experience for me I, I didn't look at them as like sexual creatures it was just like wow women are doing this this is neat right as a kid yeah I get to be a teenager balls get full of, with hormones and then you see glow Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, in the early 90s. Glow, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And suddenly you're like, holy shit, tight suits, shiny tights, beautiful women. 
they're not wrestlers first. They're 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 eye candy first. Yeah. And they're doing the cute little raps and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's made made for titillation. Yeah. And that's when me as as a young teen, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. This can be sexy. Right. And then I think Glow kind of set the stage for the diva kind of era, where like, okay, let's go with pretty first. Yeah. And then after that, we can tack on the skills. Yeah. So yeah. That's how they do it. I mean, every now and then, I won't take away. They do have some amazing wrestlers on their roster now, and some of the girls did come from the indies. But I also know, being someone that's done both of those training regimens and going from indie pro wrestling training to pro TV training and TV entertainment, and then also being with someone that was also in that environment, and I was able to go there and see it and talk to people, they, those girls got better and learned more skills when they got to that training facility. So to put an end cap on, on my point, because like, I, I know you're absolutely right, and I want to go back to your journey, but SKW, one of the things I think that we've been known for is we use women who look like regular women. Yeah, no, that is a huge um, thing that people say. Someone like Kendra, someone like Violet, to me, they're absolutely stunningly beautiful women. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, like back in the diva, you think Kendra walking in to be a diva? It's not going to happen. Right, you're very much in the 1980s era. Violet Blaze, who is one of the most curvy, beautiful women I've ever seen in my life, if she tried to audition during the diva stuff, they'd just be like, no, because you're not oh, yeah. thin, you're not like this like like Maxim style you know, uh, uh, model. But that doesn't mean that you're not gorgeous. You right. Know, you, you made a comment today where you were looking at, at, at Violet. You're like, God damn, you're beautiful. Yeah, I was like, yeah. make an OnlyFans, girl. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look at that booty. Put your booty on OnlyFans. You make know? money. Uh, and so my, my thing is like, my influence was from the 80s. And I'm so glad that I got that, that, kind, of, uh, of, of, um, that kind of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of producers now who will only hire women that fit their mold. Right. Like, oh, I only want women that have no tattoos. They got to at least be five foot eleven. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, no, man. I I don't care if you're a big girl, small girl, tall or or short. You are gonna have your hook. There's gonna yep. be someone out there who's gonna see your body type and go, that's my thing. One hundred percent. And that's I think one of the reasons why we've done so well because we get so many so much feedback from fans are going like, I'm so glad you hired this woman because I know she's short but you know what I like short girls (laughs) or I know she's like she's curvy but you know what I like curvy girls no you do have the most variety I will say of a roster I've ever seen and I've been around a long time and I've worked for a lot of people but I've also just you know I know all the companies it's not like I don't you know I reach out to who I want to work for yeah there's a company out in LA where they just shoot great wrestling stuff but it's a lot of porn looking oh yeah yeah are we allowed to say their name uh, I mean, you can. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, DT. All they do is hire porn stars. Yeah, DT. And DT. I, 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 grew, I grew up on DT. Yeah, I had been a wrestler for years. Yeah. And I did before I even started taking up my clothes. Even when you with Alex, too. Alex's uh, girls were, were pretty much from that area, Oh, yeah, too. yeah. They're There's all porn stars. a lot of stars. beautiful, porny... That's what I mean. Here. I was never hired, so I wasn't... I was... Before I even started taking off my clothes, I was just doing customs with my clothes on. Because, yeah. again, I didn't... I mean, they knew I did the porn stuff. But, like, rather, they didn't know at the time I did the porn stuff. But because uh, I didn't link it. NRG, I think is what they're called. Uh, is it NRG? Oh, it might be. But they do they do superhero and stuff out in Britain. Oh, yeah. Or in England. In Britain. In England. And they're, all their women are drop-dead gorgeous British girls mm-hmm. with the accents. And they're just, like, playing these superheroines who get beat up. And I remember I spoke to the owner... And I was like, hey, man, I love your stuff. He shoots, he writes these intricate storylines that all interconnect. Oh, I love it. And, and, and it's all like, 
these narratives that he has in his head. It's like a comic book writer. It's not like George Perez used to do it. George, sorry, George Perez. And, um, but I spoke to him and I'm like, man, I'm such an admirer of your work. He's like, yeah, mate, but I'm such an admirer of how you girls can just take a hit. Oh, yeah. He's like, our girls are very delicate. Well, because they don't, because they hire models. And that's yes. the thing. Like, even when I would go to DT, it was like, I got really lucky that when I was hired for DT, they put me with uh, Ariel X. Because mm -hmm. I was already going there oh, dreading. awesome. Yeah, I'd already, been, I'd already been wrestling for a while and doing porn. And so I had already had some uh, overlapping shoots with porn girls and then doing wrestling. And yes. it was awful. Um, so when DT finally hired me and I was like, wow, you're actually like written to you a million times and you've never given me the light of day because you didn't realize that the porn star, Crystal Clark, was the same person as Lucky O'Shea, <laughs> but okay. So I finally accepted the shoot, or rather they finally reached out to me and I accepted the shoot and I went out there and wrestled Ariel X and it was a great match. And even they were like, wow, we've never shot something through like that. And it was like, yeah, because... Got two wrestlers in here. Wrestlers can be sexy too. Skills you don't need yeah. the porn stars. Like even though I and don't get me wrong, I love porn stars. I want porn stars to get all the work in the world. I, I want wrestlers many. to get all the work in the world. I'm just saying, like I've being someone. With Ariel, I've yeah, you blend on the Francesca two. Like Lee, there's a huge difference in that quality when you. I mean, even if they were to, and that's the reason why I'm usually brought into a lot of these companies, is to make the porn girl. My look favorite, good. my favorite porn star story was I was working with Charity Bangs, um, and she was such a sweetie, and she shows up. And she's like, well, what, what kind of move are we doing to finish this? And I'm like, we're going to do a pile driver. She's like, oh, I know that move. Oh, I, oh dude, I've got it. When you're done with that and one. She's like, <laughs> and I was like, and I'm such a babe in the woods sometimes. So I was just like, oh, you do? And she's like, yeah. So it's the one that goes like this. And she like puts this little handstand and like her legs are kind of uh -huh. bent down. It's like, okay, so the dick goes in this way. And I'm like, oh, that's a different kind of pile driver. I was doing a lesbian shoot for Girlfriend's Films. Mm -hmm. And... Serene Siren was the director and she yells out, okay, now we need the pile driver. And I went to pick up the other model for an actual pro wrestling pile driver. And she goes, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, that's not what you meant. <laughs> it's a pile driver. And she thought, she thought you were going with like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one that yours thought. Yeah. That's why I'm dead. Literal opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my other favorite moment was I was working with a, uh, with a girl from L.A. And, uh, and we're like, um, she came to, to Georgia. And we're filming and I just go like, uh, okay, so I'm going to teach you how to do a bump. <laughs> and she's like, uh, wait, is it party time already? I'm so dead. I kind of already know how to, how to take a bump. <laughs> and I'm like total, once again, sweet babe in the woods. And I'm just like, uh... Oh shit! Okay, okay, no, 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 not, not that kind of bump. So it was, it was <laughs> that great cross kind of. You're like bump. what? Yes. Not communicating so, right at all. By the way, if it sounds like something crazy is going yeah, on, yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like having someone's having sex. I, I believe someone caught a fish in the show that Faith is watching, <laughs> and they're really happy that they caught a fish. Uh, but anyway, or you know what? Fuck it. People are fucking in the background. We'll just say that. Uh, yes. Sounds cooler. <laughs> Faith watching porn on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's asleep. Uh, Faith fell asleep watching porn on the couch, guys. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so um, so yeah, so let's go back. So you're you're at the school, uh, mm -hmm. and and let's continue that tale there. So you're working for all the federations, and like oh yeah, by the time I was in, in FSW, I was already doing indie circuits in yes. California. Right, you're already eight, gone through you're California. About eighteen at the time. Yeah, when I was done with uh, FSW, I was about nineteen, but I was eighteen mm -hmm. when I ran away for there. Yeah, um, and. I literally, like, I, I, I learned a lot. Like, I learned, I would say, how to wrestle and the moves and how to bump and, 
and all of that good stuff in all the schools that I had been in prior to going into the WWE, like developmental FSW stuff. And that was before they even started their actual school school. Like that was before they, they got their facility in Orlando. Yeah. Um, it was with Steve Kern and Norman Smiley, or I think Norman is still there as a trainer. I don't, I don't remember, but I know Steve's not, but he was. Um, and so I just, I, I, I even did a match you know, in front of Billy Kidman and everybody, and they like they liked oh, wow. the wrestling. But at that time, it was very much they wanted the divas, and I unfortunately was not someone that wanted to be, I guess, a diva at that time because yeah. I had so many people telling me coming. That's honestly the toxic problem of coming up in independent wrestling as a woman. And I don't care what any of the women say, accept your role, no matter what you're doing. You're being jerked off to. No matter fucking what. You could be on fucking YouTube wrestling with a fucking bodysuit, a mask, and some dude is still going to see the fucking shape of your titties and your butt and jerk off to you. And it's nothing to be fucking ashamed of. Own it. Be happy of it. Be proud of it. Who fucking cares? But I cared at the time. So, of course, you know, I told them I'm not doing any of that shit. And then um, this is where I got real dumb. By the time that happened, then I ended up being uh, a broke, dumb you know, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, <laughs> and had, you know, the loser wrestler boyfriend that was also broken dumb. And so I just, I became a stripper. And I started stripping in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, still doing indie circuit, though, but you're only making, like, $15, $20. That's not going to pay rent. Yeah. So I started stripping, and I had met on the circuit, do, when I was doing indies in California, I met Trina Michaels. Who's a porn star who then went pro wrestling ballet. Yeah, Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, She just so happened to have been in Florida and came into the strip club because she had danced there and was just there with some friends and recognized me and was like, Lucky, what (laughs) are you doing in the strip club? And I I explained to her, like, oh, you know, I just needed money, whatever, whatever. And she was actually the person that was like, there's someone in, like, L.A. that you should probably, like, call and talk to or whatever. And it was... uh, Oh my god, why am I spacing? Ed, do you know Ed? Yes. Oh. Ed. So it was Ed in LA. The old guy with the ring outside. Sure, sure. <laughs> and it was for, for customs wrestling. And I was like, okay, all right. So I started doing that. Um, I also worked for, uh, oh my god, he's in Florida. He does mostly a lot of picture sets, but it was, it's basically, it was customs wrestling, old school. Was, okay. His wife was a pro wrestler, but he had this like really, uh, uh, this is what we talked about earlier. I think so. Oh, yes. Oh, hilarious. I actually never actually put those two together until just now. Because <laughs> they never hired me for the pro one. <laughs> that would be uh, about time studio. Yeah, I'm so Florida. dead. We're going to get to that a little bit later. I really I'm dying. Have... I never... Wow, fuck you guys. Because they never hired me for the pro side. And I came from pro. And they were the... One of the first companies to hire me to take off my fucking clothes. We're going to get into a whole level of Damn, yeah. So I did a bunch of stuff like that. And I learned, it was from her because she was like, instead of doing the strip club thing. Sure, sure. You know, she was like, do this. You'll make more money. So I was like, cool. And then then everything kind of, you know, fumbled around. Then I was doing Lucha Girls and I started doing fetish stuff. And then by 20, I was already doing To clarify, Lucha Girls was run by the Santino. It's run by the Santino. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's not connected to the school, but it's, it is ran by, uh, 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 Jezebel, yes. who works at Santino's. Um, and her husband. And her husband. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to re- give them a whole lot of respect because they never tried to downplay 
what they were doing. They, they knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lucha Girls is very much, and Santino's embraces Lucha Girls and vice versa. They knew that it they, was kink-based. They knew yeah. that it was, you know. They also sit down, and, like, whenever they have young wrestlers that come into Santino's, if there is a problem, if, some, if someone's mom feeling some type of way, they always sit down with the parents, and they explain, like, we will not, trust me, we do not recruit for this. Like, yeah. unless someone asks us, we don't, you know, they don't recruit for yeah. it. Good for them. Yeah, no, they 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 do keep it separate in that regard. So interesting. Okay, so you were yeah, so you got the gig, you were doing the strip club stuff, and then that's when Trina came in and said you need to hook up with somebody in LA, and then mm-hmm. it's just gonna. And I just started doing yeah, and I was doing topless wrestling. Mm-hmm. Then it was like oh, but you can make an extra hundred bucks if you take off your pants. So oh fuck yeah, I can do that. And, and yeah, at the time, I mean, I I grew up getting like the fucking five dollar handshake from Jesse Hernandez at EWF, and him looking at you like yeah, you got good job, you got paid for your. For your match, you have five bucks, you cheap bastard. Like, you know these fucking wrestling teachers, they're, they're fucking selling the tickets to the show. They'll give you those five dollars as if that's going to buy you a Happy Meal. Jesus Christ. Um, even pay for, the, doesn't even pay for a gallon of gas. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get, to be told I'm going to make $150, $200 a match for custom was like, fuck yeah, I'd rather do that. Yeah. And going like... You know, I don't want to get too much into my past because I don't like talking about it a lot. But, like, I was, you know, I started stripping and, like, I ended up being homeless with my ex in Florida. Mm. Being idiots, trying to be pro wrestlers out there thinking in a bad economy it was going to be anything. They weren't even hiring people at that fucking time. So many things could have been different. Um, But going from being homeless and then stripping and, I mean, I had other jobs and stuff, too. I always worked nine to fives. Um... And then going and making, like, wow, it was the, just the difference of, like, wait, I'm wrestling in front of a crowd that's treating me like shit, throwing water at me or whatever, fucking making rude comments at me for $20. Or you're telling me I can just go to this old man's ring in fucking L.A. in the backyard and so, wrestle a bunch of girls and make triple, like, so or not even triple. Like, so like, let's, let's I can't talk do about that. So this is the elephant in the room when it comes to uh, fetish versus uh, mainstream wrestling, mm-hmm. which is the idea... That and I've I've worked with a lot of workers. I I had uh, oh God, I'm I'm so blessed. I got to work with Kong. I got to work with you know, uh, uh, Lacey with with you know um, Bonnie Maxson, aka Rain, um, uh, Nikki Rocks, um, uh, Angelina Love at some point. Like it was just like a lot of workers that would come through and be like, holy shit! Like you know, Little Genie back in the day, Lady Victoria. Um, I feel like there's even more. There's more. There's like way more. Definitely missing right. Like my brain's not 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 uh, accessing. Almost uh, every pro girl that's ever done anything outside of their contract was with you, I think. Yeah, they came through. <laughs> and, and so it was always hearing these stories: Helena Heavenly, Janelle Sinclair, uh, you know, Kara Kildare, AJ Sparks. All these all these amazing women that would come through, and they would just tell me these stories, and I'm like, wait, how much did you make? Yeah. Like, wait, okay, so you have to drive, you know, even today, Lainey Luck, um, you know, who was traveling with Marty Bell for some stuff, and then you had, like, you know, Jordan Grace, um, and, and I would just hear these stories, and just sit down, and, you know, because we shoot, and then we, what do we do? We sit by the fire. Yeah. Sit by the fire, you just share stories, and I would hear these tales, and I'm, once again, I'm so fucking, I'm such a, a babe in the woods, I really don't expect for people to be this bad to each other in this industry. Oh, Jesus I mean, I do now. The pro side is so ugly. That's it's, why I laugh. I'm like, I love the fetish and the porn side because we're so much nicer to each other. Yeah. And like, so, so much nicer. So when you get, you have an industry where you're literally forcing a woman to drive, 
you know, fucking eight hours to go to some shitty fucking dingy uh, gym to do a, a show, and you're yeah. promising them... Or a ex- Legion Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a, you know, high school auditorium or, or something like that, or some place that doesn't even have air conditioning. Everything was a fucking YMCA or yeah. Legion Yeah, it was always Hall. something, yeah, it was something kind of Still off, is. off and <laughs> fucked. And so you'd get there, and you'd, you know, you, if, if you would pray that, that they made enough money at the door to pay you. Oh God, dude! You don't even know. Yeah. If you ever, this is where it's like I will say it's like golden in Southern Florida and Southern California is you get the maybe I think it's South Texas, but I've never wrestled in Texas, so I'm not gonna talk about wrestling in Texas. But in South Southern California and South Florida, you get like these shitty ass lucha shows that you know you're being paid in like hot dogs. Like when you get there, you just know I'm getting paid from like whatever's left. Lady <laughs> give me a hot dog. Yeah, like legitimately like you're going to get paid with fucking food or just like the really nice, "Oh my friend, I'm going to owe you. I'll get you back." And you just know you're driving home not being paid. You probably for me it was terror mm-hmm. which is why so many I got such a bad rap for being bitchy because it was like I mean it was with an asshole. And so, if I made the mistake of not getting paid, then, you know, I couldn't pay his bills. And so, I had to be screamed at. But it's just, it's shitty. It's fucking shitty. Yeah. You would go in there and do, uh, so just walk me through this, because I obviously never did it. But let's say you go to, you know, auditorium, you're sitting there, you're like, okay, well, you got, like, how many spots? Like, what, like, one? One or two? Like, go in there, you do a match, maybe do some... Yeah, most matches are one-on-one, you know? Yeah. So, like, and then you walk out. So, so walk me through the process, because a lot of people don't really understand how it goes you show up they, they match you up with somebody you do your fucking match mm-hmm. uh what 10 15 minutes maybe 20 yeah it just depends on where you land on the show sure. uh fuck there's so many differences it's like sometimes you're like okay you got six minutes six minutes thank you for okay. nothing and then you get paid how much oh god uh depends on what it was so like uh back in the timing for me because eventually i did raise my own rates but it was literally like 10 bucks for the longest time, which was, here's the shitty thing. And Jesus. this is where they take advantage of like, I don't know if it was just me being a girl or me being young. So I will say that it's probably sure, actually a little sure bit of both. i also got. Right. They also get the shit. Yeah. Like for sure. Um, cause I remember there were so many times that like, I'd be getting booked and everything. And then like, you know, you're excited. You're getting booked, especially when you're first starting out and people are contacting you. Oh, wow. And then, you know, you respond to them, you tell them the rate you want. I think mine, back in the day, I was always trying to ask for 50. That's, like, nothing. It's garbage. Um, But I'd ask for 50, and, like, they would never actually confirm a yes or no. And then you'd wrestle, and you give this, like, really killer match, or you get hurt in the match or something. But it's a good match, right? You feel good about it. And you see that there's tons of people at this show. And then you get your envelope. And you're like, okay, bye. And I was raised painfully polite. Mm-hmm. That that uh, not, most you, people yeah. aren't this dumb and naive. You and me both though. I'm, I'm pretty. I was you you pretty don't polite. open it in front of people. You don't open the fucking envelope in front of people. You take your envelope. You open that shit in your car, away from people, because <laughs> no one knows. Yeah, it was just privacy thing. That's how I was raised. And like the amount of times that I would get back to my car and I'd open my envelope and there'd be ten dollars, because that's what a women's wrestler was worth to them. Like, but again, it, it happened to the young guys too. So it's just shitty. Like these these fucking promoters just it's like I'm sorry. If you don't have the money before the show, you shouldn't put on the show. Yeah. That's my opinion. No, I mean <laughs> I feel like that's universal. Literally there's so many promotions. It's disgusting that they 
literally base their ability to pay the talent off the door. And that's so unethical because what other fucking industry works that way? Yeah. None. But uh, we're not regulated. That's the problem. Pro wrestling, when it was regulated, like how in certain states, you remember back in the day, you had to have a license. Yeah. You, in, in certain states, I believe Missouri still is. Missouri and, is it Virginia? Don't quote me on that. I know Missouri is one, but, and then there's one other that I think is a V, and I don't know if it's Vermont or Virginia, but one of the others, there's another state, there's a couple that still require you to have a license. So, which means you have to go through a physical and, like, just basically so that, like, like, you do a physical and you get your license and you apply for the license and it says you can you can wrestle. Sure. Okay, cool. Uh, that used to be a thing that you have to do in every state. But now you don't because it's unregulated. Jeez. So when you have an industry, and it's, it's, I mean, it's similar to what we're seeing in the porn industry right now, is when you have an unregulated industry where there's no one that the industry actually answers to, then there's, there's no um, guidelines, I guess is the word. There's no uh, Regulation. regulations. Without. So in, in like the states that still require licensing, they have fucking regulations for wrestling shows specific. Yeah. But if you go to like uh, California where there is not a wrestling license required, there's regulations you have to follow for putting on an event. Mm. But it is not specific to pro wrestling. And as someone who has been in, there's so many things that go into a pro wrestling show that are not like any other event that goes on in the world. And it, from safety from 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 people that honestly I feel like people need to sign waivers when they go into crowds and stuff. There's so many things that go into it that it's just it's so shitty that people think that they can just put them on willy-nilly and bring fucking people out from I I've seen it happen with people that come out from other countries to do a show and I've literally seen and it's male wrestlers mostly not as many. There, you know, there's only two or three women on a show. And it's male wrestlers that will fly themselves from like England for show thinking they're going to get like make at least their travel expenses Jesus back. They get there and these fuckers don't even have plane tickets for them back home. They don't even have hotels for them. All these things that these poor dudes were promised yeah. and they, and then they, it's like, and then they have the rely on other wrestlers to help them. And then and it's great that the community does that. The wrestlers help each other sometimes, but like there's so many stories and I've, again, I've witnessed it of these poor bastards coming from out of States other countries, they show up to these shows and the, what they were promised isn't there. What they were there's, guaranteed isn't there. And there's no regulations. So who the fuck are you going to sue? You can't call the cops and be like, this guy didn't pay me for this wrestling yeah. show. The cops are going to look at you and there's, be like, none of this show is allowed to go on. There's so much to unpack here. So yeah. it's almost too much. We would have to do a second podcast. Bro, to, right? To it's so crazy. Um, and it, it pisses me the fuck off. And, and like, I... I don't, I don't get passionate about a lot of stuff when it comes to like on the flying, uh, you know, concepts and stuff like that. But one of the things that really blows me away, I don't even know where to start just based on what you've told me, like, and what I've heard from other people where it's like this, like I, I got to this show, I, I drove 600 miles, uh, you know, or sorry, not 600 miles, but like six, you know, I drove six hours. No, nah, sometimes it's 600 miles, yeah. bro. Uh, six hours. I get there. I do a backbreaking 15 to 20 minute spot. And they're telling me that they can't pay me because they, yeah. they didn't make enough off concessions. They right. didn't make enough off the door. It's like you had the nerve like, to book me. <laughs> you didn't even have my money. Out there, there's wrestlers out there right now who are like, you went to your car and you opened your envelope and there was $10 in there? Holy shit. Good for yeah. you. I know, right? Like yeah. you actually got paid. So back when I was doing NWA, Hollywood, don't care, fuck you guys. 
Fuck NWA Hollywood. I will say it again. Fuck NWA Hollywood. They didn't even pay me once. I paid yeah. the girls. Yeah. I paid the girls that I wrestled. Fuck you. <laughs> just imagine some girl in her car opening, opening up the envelope. It's like, oh, oh, someone just farted into this. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting. Yeah. Just that was literally nice. like, I, even when I worked for NWA, it was almost insulting that I was like, we're, we're doing TV. I brought in a makeup artist. I paid for the makeup artist. And I was paying the female wrestlers to be there. And I was doing that with the porn money that then when that motherfucker, Dave Marquez, who runs NWA Hollywood, found out I did porn, decided to show the locker room and make fun of me. So I never went back. So. <laughs> Fuck them. Once again, lots to unpack. Yeah. Um, my thing is this. There's been, and this is something I don't tell a lot of people. Let's just go and put it out there. Um, there's times where, let's just say, theoretically, or sorry, hypothetically speaking. Okay, Lucky O'Shea, uh, a.k.a. Crystal Clark. Okay, I want to get her to come down here. I mean, we, we're going to do two days of shoots. Um, and I advertise for customs. Hey, guys, Lucky's coming. Uh, this is one of your first, you know, one of the few times you can, you can book her. Uh, we have this amount of people on the roster. Pick and choose. Uh, make combos. Let's go ahead and do some customs. So the first thing that I got from your trip is uh, my friend Victor. Uh, literally was just like, oh, I want a five-girl clip. And I, I, Lucky is going to be the star. She's going to be the one who's going to be the bad guy. She's going to get knocked out the most. We're going to have all these girls come in. Uh, I, I want Galas. I want Dakota. I want blah, blah, blah. Just a rain. Um, let's do it. Okay, that's a paid custom. Then there's other ones. Anne-Marie. I want Anne-Marie versus Lucky. You know, so on, so on. And, but there's going to be times where literally it's like, okay, well, Lucky's here. She's here for two days. I only have her for four paid customs. So that's going to leave a lot of open space, a lot of open time. So what do I do? I will shoot out of pocket. I'll be like, you know what? Lucky's here. I don't want to waste her fucking time. I don't want her to come here and be like, oh, I only have four fucking customs. That's two one day, two the other. And, and you know, and yes, uh, there's a big difference there I'm going to get to in a second, but that's still, to me, I want to give you as much work as you can possibly get while you're here. So I will reach into my own pocket and be like, you know what? Here's an old concept that really sold well for me before. Let's go ahead and redo it with you guys. We'll add our own little spin to it. And then we'll do... One clip, two clip, three clip. Okay, so now we have five, six, seven, eight clips. Okay, let's make it nine. In this case, we did nine. Uh, I'm taking that hit to my pocket, but I know that in the end, that's going to be content that I could resell. And in my mind, knowing my fans and knowing knowing the business and knowing the industry, I know that it's going to sell. Uh, you and Violet today. It was a sexy clip. It was like, okay, for submission, uh, there was lingerie. I know that all those little hooks are gonna hit and I'm gonna make some profit off. Is it gonna be as much as I paid you? Maybe, I hope so. You know, maybe even if it's just like $100 more than what I paid you, mm -hmm. that's some profit. Right. But I'm gonna take that leap. And then on top of that, and once again, I'm blowing my own fucking horn here, but like on top of that, I'm paying for your travel. I'm paying for your food. I'm paying for your lodging. I'm paying for your drinks. Yeah, I'm paying taking for taking care of your talent. Yeah, I'm making sure you have an air conditioning, air conditioned environment. I'm making sure that you're surrounded by good people. I want you to get here, come here, shoot here, and leave, and go in like I want to come right back. Now that in itself is this bubble of positivity that is unheard of for most workers. Yeah, it's like holy no, shit. it's it's it really is like I mean, it's it's a whole different game. Like it. I've never, like you hear, I'm sure all the guys listening to this, whoever's listening to this, like I did not have good experience in pro wrestling. Um, I did it for a really long time. Had a lot of really bad negative experiences. 
I didn't fall back in love with wrestling again until I started doing the custom wrestling circuit. And it's funny because I started it in a desperation, as most, I will say, I will throw them under the bus. Most women do. Um, They go from pro wrestling, they'll do the customs, and it's sometimes normally a hush-hush, don't tell anybody that I'm doing them. But it's like, it's a desperation if you need cash because the indie pro circuit demands so much of your time without the pay. And that's and it's, insulting. Exactly. So so what I'm getting at is this. It's a very self-defeating circle when, when you're dealing with, with the pros. Um, mm-hmm. And here's how this goes. And, and I'm going to lay it out very simply. And you can disagree. Or, or, actually, you're not going to disagree. You're going <laughs> to agree like a motherfucker. But here's how this goes, guys. Okay, you're a woman. You're a pro wrestler. Um, you are working for these uh, male-dominated uh, federations. You go there. You get paid shit. <laughs> If you get paid at all, <laughs> uh, they don't pay for your travel. They don't pay for your yeah. food. If you show up, God damn it! If they fucking pay for a hotel room, even if yeah. it's like a hotel six, piling eight people in a room. Yeah, eight people. In they'll a pay room. for one for everybody yeah. on the show. If it's like a motel six, maybe you might get lucky. They'll they'll throw you into one of those, uh, and then you'll get paid the ten dollars for the night, twenty dollars if you're lucky, um, and then. That same promoter will tell you that if I ever catch you shooting for this, 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 <laughs> this they are the motherfuckers that tell you that shit. <laughs> you're gonna get blackballed. <laughs> and they make you, and it's so funny because they literally like. This is what I think it took me going through the ups and downs. This is the sad thing, actually. Just this is the sad thing. When you've been in the wrestling industry and you've done the circuit for five years, that's the, that's the number five years. After five years of the bullshit, you will eventually be like. WWE isn't gonna hire me anyway. Yeah. So fuck it. Yeah. Like, like I've it worked is with some of the so best. funny because that was the fear. They were the only ones around, so that was the fear. That's the only place to go if you wanted to make money in this. The only place to go was WWE because none of the other places exist. So let's deconstruct that. So one of the, the the greatest tricks the devils in this business has ever pulled for me is, oh, I'm not gonna pay you with money, baby. <laughs> I'm going to pay you with exposure. <laughs> Experience. I've got in the so ring. many viewers. <laughs> You're going to get so many YouTube followers. You know what? Don't worry about money. You're going to get exposure. Exposure, exposure, exposure. We heard one of the WWE agents was coming to the show. Yes. So you should really do it for free. Well, we send our student shows to WWE so directly. So not only am I underpaying you, underfeeding you, underhousing you, <laughs> but you now have to abide by my rules as to who you should or should not work for outside of my business. And that, to me, is one of the biggest fuck yous you can do to anybody in any industry. No, it's a sexist thing, too. It's, like, entirely because it's never been a problem when boys go... I'm going to throw every dude under the bus. It's never been a problem when boys went off and did cyber fights. That was never an issue on the indie circuit. It's never been an issue for WWE. It's never been... I was going to keep... I'm going to keep going... AEW has a bunch of wrestlers that have done it. WWE has a bunch of wrestlers that have done it. NXT has a bunch of wrestlers that have done it. One of them has the belt. And so many more. They've all done fucking cyber fights. You want to see... I'm not going to say names because I'm friends with some of these dudes. And to this day, they still try to hide that they've done it. And it's a joke. To you're, me, already that men, nicer, you're already being nicer than they would to women. Oh, 100%. They would throw me in. Oh, they all. I have got dudes in my DMs that literally, I know for a fact, made fun of me for doing porn when they were sharing a locker room with me. Like, but now you're hitting me up trying to fuck off. Like, 
No, so they, they can do it. They can do cyber fights. They can do sessions. They can go do customs. They can do fucking anything they want. They can do nude modeling. It doesn't matter. They can do an OnlyFans. It won't matter. But a fucking woman, she took her titties out on a fucking wrestling video? Oh, no. No, she can never be a pro wrestler ever again. She is stained. She is marked. She is evil. She is bad. We need to blacklist her. And then they get other women on that. There is women on the bandwagon. Oh, very much like the MAGA women where you're like, what is wrong with yeah, you? Lots like of self-hating women. Yeah, and there's a lot of them in wrestling. And it's really sad to me because it's we've kind of all been through the same shit. Yeah. And it's the weird Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. It's like a woman who believes that other women shouldn't have the right to govern their own uh, reproductive system. Yeah, they're also the same women that are like, why are you taking off your top in wrestling? You should only be doing letting the men make your matches. By like, the way, my no. boyfriend who practically wears Speedos uh, when he walks into a ring. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. His nipples are okay. But ew, you need to put on a top, girl. Like, it's But yours ridiculous. has a little bit of fat around it that's made for, you know, feeding babies. So let's get that out of the fucking show. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's. It's infuriating. Yeah. It, oh, it's always been something. So being someone that I can humbly say I think I was one of the women that in the last maybe decade and a half bridged pro wrestling to porn. Mm -hmm. Like no one was really doing, like there aren't many girls that were doing hard, that, that started in pro wrestling, did porn and come back into wrestling every now and then. You know, and at that time, especially when I was working for NWA, that's why it kind of was like, it's funny looking back because it's like, they were stupid, not me. They were stupid to blacklist me because you know how much more money they could have been making just marketing me as who I fucking am, who I fucking was. You know what I mean? Like yeah. companies that do it now and like they're fucking smart with it. Like use the fucking name that I'm building on the yeah. other side. But no, instead they're going to bully and tease because God forbid a girl makes money showing her body off. Yeah. God, like, the, I will well, it's, use... It's a loophole. It is. It's a loophole mm -hmm. that, that defies their, their control over the situation. Oh, yeah. So it's like, wait a second. I, I, I'm telling you that you can only make money through me even though I'm only paying you $10 per match. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By working for a company that is offering you food even though I'm offering so many hot dogs. <laughs> a lot of hot dogs you know you can put a lot of them into not only that stuff. like you care about our safety and yeah. we, we just talked about this yeah, earlier we'll get to that. yeah we'll, like we'll get to that these motherfuckers will be like we want you to jump off this fucking eight foot ladder into a table giving her like all kinds of things and I've for ten dollars i've seen some of your early matches you did some fucking hardcore shit yeah. And I'm sure you walked away with a huge payday, right? Oh, <laughs> I really honestly, I think total in my entire time on the pro circuit, all those years from literally being from 15 when I first started doing shows, I honestly think the, like the total of what I ever made in wrestling was like $500. You know what's funny? With the <laughs> exception of uh, corporations that hire migrant workers... To break their backs out. The oh, bro, yeah, pro wrestling. Think about it. Pro wrestling is up there. Oh, it's worse. It's up there. Might be worse. Like, it might be worse. It's like, I just hired this Mexican gentleman to pick berries in 105 degree heat for $30 for the day. Uh, pro wrestlers in the, the corner, like, wait, you got $30, bro? Yeah. Holy shit, I got 10. Right. We're doing the same equivalent of what you Can you, you doing. imagine, though? I mean, because that, that, speaking of that, though, that does also happen in wrestling. Like, they take advantage oh, of I'm sure. people that it's terrible. It's Brand new honestly people. terrible. Yeah. And so, whenever I'm made to feel shame for that, I get very defensive. I don't have a lot of chips on my shoulder, but there's one where it's like, how fucking dare you 
make me feel bad because I'm providing these uh, workers with shelter, with food, with with lodging, uh, well, shelter, lodging, uh, with with uh, with safety, mm -hmm. with air conditioning, finance, with finance, with with paying them. You know, I'm literally paying you ten to fifteen dollars a minute, and it's fun, and it's fun, and and it's controlled, and it's safe. And I'm making sure that you're not breaking your fucking neck because you're not taking a jump off the top of a building. We're not doing backyard wrestling. We're not oh, yeah. I mean, I, need to, I am probably the most injury-prone girl in customs wrestling and fetish wrestling right now only because I was a pro wrestler. <laughs> I got hurt. So, I mean, I was 16 and nearly broke my back. Yeah. I had to spend six months on my back taking all kinds of pills at 16 years old because some... Fucking 35-year-old man thought, I'm going to try my new move on this tiny 16-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. Out of all the boys he could have tried it on in class, he picked the one female in class and, and nearly broke my back. Yeah. And my parents still let me go back. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let, let's talk about that. I do want to go back on your path. I, I want to get to your, your kind of where, you know, get to where you are. But there's a lot of things that are popping up that, that need to be addressed. And Hell so yeah. there's a lot of hypocrisy in, in the so world of wrestling. It's, it's, it's really bad. And it's, it's crazy. Once again, you were talking about self-hating female wrestlers mm -hmm. where there's a lot of women who will be like, well, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that. And anybody who does that is beneath me. Mm -hmm. And I, I know this because I've had men above me. Right, I've me, had men tell me this. Tell me that I, if any other woman comes around and does this, that I should label her as a whore. A rat. Or a slut or a rat. And um, there's a company um, which shall remain nameless because I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm not going to do that shit. I'm not going to drag someone's name through the mud. But there was a pro wrestling company that 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 back in 2006 2007, um, I was I was working with pro pro workers and they would come to me and be like, hey, this is at the company that does uh, just pro wrestling customs in a ring um, that have told me that you know they they would be very unhappy if I work for you. And, uh, but you know what? I'm going to come work for you anyway. I've heard good things. Okay, come in. I had amazing people like, you know, like I said, Rain, Lacey, uh, you know, Nikki Rocks. There's a bunch of other names that I can't think right now because it's been a long day. But they would come. We would shoot. We would have a good time. Go out to dinners. And you know what? It sounds very Hugh Hefner-ish, but yeah, I would cover dinners. I would cover food. I would cover like, let's go. Hey, there's, an, there's, there's a fucking all-you-can-eat sushi bar. Let's go. Let's go fucking just have a good time. Go out to a bar. Let's go out to a restaurant. I'll cover you. I'll cover you. I'll cover you. I want you to come here and then come back. Yeah. Uh, and so we would do that. And eventually I started hearing stories that this other company that only hired pro uh, wrestlers, uh, both male and female, uh, don't work for Secret Don't Don't work for them. Like they're, they're, they're kinky. They're weird. They're fetishy. They don't even have a ring. That's all, That was the one thing before I came to work for you. Was like how I I'd always heard is you don't have a ring. You don't have a ring, so obviously he must be a serial killer. <laughs> Who wrestles on anything? I else? was excited though that you didn't have a ring because like I'd always wrestled in rings, but like the Santino Bros. Just going back to being a teenager, it, it it's brings back a lot of really happy memories for me in wrestling because the Santinos when they first started, um, the class was split. Because they had some dudes that were already wrestlers, you know, that were helping them out. So if you if you didn't know how to roll, you couldn't bump. Yeah. So I started on mats. Yeah. And to this day, the Santino bros still have mats that we you learn how to do all the same shit on the mats. That's God the only reason why I can do it. Like yeah. I always say, it's the, the, literally your mats are I can do most shit on your mats because I came up. Yeah. Doing yeah. it. On and mats. I've seen training videos where mm -hmm. people take bumps on mats first. Yeah. 
Yep. Yep. It's like soft, it's, which is thick. hilarious that then they judge it later. Like, oh, he doesn't ever. Well, bitch, uh, where did yeah, you, yeah, how yeah. quick we forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I, I would get that whole thing. Like, well, we weren't supposed to like come to you because, you know, you work on mats and that's the devil or whatever. <laughs> and so, um, uh, and so for the longest time, I kept hearing about this other company telling, you know, workers that don't work for Sleeper Kid. Uh, he does fetishy stuff. It's weird. It's math based. And at the time, uh, right now, obviously, when you're hearing this, we've shot topless. Mm-hmm. We've shot. We we shot our first bottomless uh, scene yesterday because accidentally, accidentally, because you know, oh yeah, you know, I'm just gonna put these on, and I was like, oh. I thought everyone wasn't gonna wear their underwear, and uh, somehow I lost communication that people were wearing. I underwear, didn't think so. about it, and then when when we did the final <laughs> strip down scene, it's like literally one minute. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, okay, well, we've done a bottomless scene. I'm so used to being naked now. That's so sad. It's fine. <laughs> I have. I am not weird about nudity at all. I'm just like, you know what? Eventually it's going to happen. But I, 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 right now I'm sticking to topless for some shots. For the most part, 80% of our stuff is still, you know, uh, just bikini mm-hmm. one piece. But anyway. Cute so, stuff. Yeah, cute stuff. So, uh, so, yeah, so they kept telling workers not to work for us back in 2006, 2007. Um, and then very recently I found out. Or actually, I kind of already knew, but I, I didn't really verify it till recently that they, this company that was telling these pro workers, and I'm talking about pros, I'm talking about yeah. people who are on TV now. You know, I'm talking about like, you know, I think Paige at some point worked for them. Everybody. Yeah, everyone went through there. I found out that for the longest time, since like early 2000s or maybe mid 2000s, they were running a side website. That was in the same ring, by the way. <laughs> hired me. Yeah. Shooting, <laughs> topless, lingerie, kinky cat fights. In a ring. I literally cannot believe I made that connection just now, though, on a, on the podcast. Yes. Like, I literally, like, you were talking about it all day, and I was not putting it together. You were saying the studio, too, and I was, woof, woof, yeah. over my head. And, and I remember literally you. the click. Well, when you noticed it, I remember seeing you uh, back when you had your blonde hair. Yeah. Like, uh, really, like, it was a bleach blonde kind of look, I think it was? Maybe, no, maybe, I never or, wrestled or did blonde. You had the red hair. I had red hair and black hair. Okay, maybe it was the red hair. Where you, you were on that site. Yeah, and right, right. You, you right. Had, it was when it was really orange. Yeah, and you had maybe had done, like, a topless scene or something like that. Uh, my friend Hannah Perez was on there. Yeah, oh, uh, this girl's been on there. Oh, Chase <laughs> But God forbid there. we get put on the other one. That's what pisses me off, because she would... I'm not even. I'm not even gonna go down the road. I'm not even gonna go down you the just fake say road. She. Yeah, she. Uh, she would literally be there on some of those days that we would shoot and like bold face lie to me about how she was gonna get me on the others, but no custom request came exactly. in. Exactly. No so, custom request came in for me to do actual wrestling because, but because I worked for their other site, I was beneath the other girls. Yes. So to reiterate, <laughs> this company who had told pro workers to not work for me because I was too fetishy, which at the time I wasn't shooting topless. Yeah, that's more yeah, no, you weren't. I was literally this is two thousand six through two thousand ten. I was shooting the most PG rated uh pro wrestling, superheroin based stuff where everyone was fully covered. Yeah. Uh yes, it was on mats. God <gasps> but but yeah. but it was like you know it was PG. We didn't do my first few shoots today. We did. Yeah, when you yeah. and I were first work together, it was literally like, okay, you're gonna take a beat down. You're wearing a bikini. Nothing's getting stripped off. I think I remember even being confused yeah. by that. You were like, like I'm like, wait. You yeah. told me to cover. I think it was like today. It was like my boob was hanging out, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, cut, cover that, cover up. that. And I was like, what? You don't yeah. want this for yeah. for. Okay. Because there's there's somewhere I'm like, okay, well, let's do let's do the topless. And there's somewhere I'm like, let's keep it PG. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, there's some guys out there who still want the full coverage. Of course. And so for this 
person or, or, or these, these people to go like, well, don't work for this guy uh, because he's going to do fetishy shit while at the same time running a side gig. So crazy. In the same rink, no less. Literally, but like that's, that's why I'm dying because like you said it earlier. And again, I was like, yeah, people are shitty. Those people fuckers do that shit all the time. But then like just clicking, I'm like, yeah, and, wow. Real. Just now I realized who, the, who all yeah. that was. And, and so, I'm like, fuck them. So to me, that particular event or that 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 story kind of encapsulates the hypocrisy as between a whole. pro oh yeah there's a, it's it's insane i mean so this is where the comedy good comes enough in. for me not good enough for you yeah oh this that's where it's funny so that's why i laugh like i refuse to help any pro wrestling girl with an only fans and i i help out with a really big network of of OnlyFans and my, I have a lot of wrestling fans on my OnlyFans and stuff. And I, you know, and a lot of them do really well on there. But I'm never going to forgive that side of the industry for how they treated me because of what they're all doing now. It reminds me of that show, The Sopranos, where uh, Tony Soprano uh, has girlfriends on the side mm -hmm. because, and they're like, you know, like, it's like, you know, why, why do you have a girlfriend on the side? You know, like, what the fuck's going on? It's like, well, the things that she does, I'm not going to do that with my wife. You know, it's like, you know, that's 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 the mouth of the uh, of the mother the of my children. Oh right, yeah. So the, it's that the Madonna whore thing. The Madonna whore thing, which we, which we did talk about, yeah. and that's kind of the wrestling thing. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you're good enough to take these bumps. You're good enough to fucking do these spots. You're good enough to do these matches. You're good enough to do this shit. And I'm paying you $10 per match. <laughs> the moment that you go do something sexy, then you are now blacklisted. Yeah. You are no fuck because you're now a whore. You are no longer seen as a wrestler because you are no longer... This is where it's confusing, though. This is why I think it's just rooted in this weird sexism thing. Because, again, the guys can go off and do cyber fights, and everybody knows about it. No, everybody like talks woman, about it. If a woman fine. takes control of her own body and uses it for her own betterment, then suddenly she is an enemy. Yeah. Like, literally. Like, because, like, so here's where it's, like, fucked up. And this is why I always, I'm a big believer of karma. And I'm really happy because, like, a lot of the people that bullied me out of pro wrestling, I can honestly say have definitely faced a lot of karma. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to use names, but definitely have. And like one of them though had enraged me of just the pure hypocrisy and how fake they are. Because one male who will remain nameless was a key factor in when I was bullied out of the SoCal wrestling scene. Sure. Um, and at the time that that all happened, I think I had just turned... 20 or 21 I was still very young I think 21 yeah and he bullied me hard and it was like with other wrestlers they it was it was it was bad it was really really hard bullying then I saw him on Twitter like years later and like he had been this is before he got completely canceled and kicked out of it, the industry which was again though I said karma plays a really big part in things but he had been there was a wrestler girl that had done something that was gross it was really gross and then he went on there or was it it wasn't gross but it was it was a video that was it wasn't something that was like cute mm -hmm. and he had gone on there and people were bullying her and stuff and then he had gone on and been like guys bullying a woman for doing whatever to like make a living is so unethical so but he went on and lectured everybody while well, i sat there and looked at the tweet and i i, I held off on tweeting 
because at the time my ex was in WWE and I just didn't want to, I couldn't have drama. I couldn't exist online. That's a whole other fucking thing we don't need to go into. Um, but I had wanted to tweet so bad to be like, you didn't feel that way seven years ago when you were bullying me out of an industry, making me suicidal sure. because making me like, that's all I fucking had. And you bullied me out of that because I did what I had to do to pay bills because I fucking took my top off in a wrestling match because I started doing adult wrestling matches. Like, are you serious right now? And now, but now you're going to defend now bullying's wrong. Like it's so insane to me, but it, and it still goes on today. People can literally, they'll go after you if you bully a wrestler because she botched a move. But you could bully that wrestler if she took off her top. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You could be the best women's wrestler in the world. The moment you take off clothing to make money, you're the, you're, you are just a fucking harlot and you don't. Toxic, toxic men don't like a loophole. Yeah. Like they don't like it when a woman finds a way to be like, oh, well, guess what? I don't have to rely on you for my, my livelihood. Like, yeah. like, I don't have to rely on your shitty promotion, on your shitty pay. I can actually go and do this, this, and this and make $600, $700, $800 for like five hours worth of work. Yeah. Uh, and I can pay my bills. Yeah. I don't have to go to you. It's, it's like if, if a pimp suddenly discovers that one of his, his hookers is like, you know what? I got a job at this really nice like uh, upstart company. We're doing like um, you know software development. I'm just going to make a lot of money doing this. Fuck you, bitch. Come back. Let me beat you up so I can like fucking you know, make you reliant on me. It's like, no, man. Like, I, I can do this and not face abuse working for you. Yeah. And nothing pisses off toxic people like that. It's like, oh, yeah. suddenly you don't need me to make this money that I'm paying you, I mean, very little of. Uh, you can actually if at all you don't, yeah. need you don't need my ten dollars you don't need my hot dogs yeah you don't need my hot dogs plus ten dollars <laughs> staple to it it's like no now you can go to this one company where someone's monopoly taking, money yeah where someone's not only taking care of you but they're not being proprietary yeah you know I lucky doesn't come to my or lucky slash crystal doesn't come to sleeper kids world and I'm like yeah here's your check it's nice right Nice, right? You shoot with somebody else, you're gonna get this coat hanger, bitch. You're like, no, <laughs> no, go, go work with as many people as you want, man. I want you to be able to, like. But that's like the difference, because even with wrestling, like, sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> no, like, no, no, you didn't interrupt. With me. women's pro wrestlers, like, this is just, again, both sides. Like, when I show up to a wrestling company, um, let's say it's an all women's show sure. or it's an all women's training class of just diehard pro wrestlers. If I ask them, hey, do you think I could get the talent agent's number for TNA Impact? Mm -hmm. Or do you think I could get the number to this school? You know, or, or this wrestler. Whatever the fucking favor is. Gear person even. Just down to the pettiest shit. No. I don't have it. Here's an email. That just so happens to be missing one of the letters. Yeah. Like, they purposely will fuck you over. They won't, they don't share. They're not nice. Like, I don't care who's listening to this. They're not. And they know they're not. They fucking know they're not. They know, the, the types know they're types. I am the opposite. But the like, girls in fetish, they're like, yeah. yo, you're fucking great. You should work for this person, this person, this person. Yo, oh my God, this girl, this producer would fucking love you. Let me give you their number. Let me, are you on Twitter? Da, 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 da. Here, take this, will... da, 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 da. Like, I have it's, literally it's a crazy referred, difference. I've referred women to my ex-wife. I know you do. You're crazy. <laughs> I literally, you know, it's like, hey man, I'm in Atlanta. You know, I, I got an mm -hmm. offer from your ex to, to work with me, and I'm like, you know what? She pays well. 
and she she performs well and she's gonna pay you for your time go do it i can guarantee though so you're the reason that i get work at at least three or four other producers that to this day i still work for yeah they saw me on your stuff. Why am I going to let my personal bullshit get in the way of your cash flow? Yeah. It's stupid. No, and you've always told, you're really good about telling girls to who to branch out to yeah. if someone's traveling. Like, you're good about, even, but you even do that though, not just for the work aspect of, you do it just because you care about people too. You're like, hey, if anything happens, there's well, it's not blah, only, blah, blah, blah. it's that, but also because like I knew what it was like to, to come up in this business where I didn't know any connections. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. I literally had to have people like George Perez, like Scotty, who were like, hey man, we're gonna help you through this. Uh, maybe do this, maybe do that. Maybe you can try this, try this. And then they would suggest things to me. And I'm like, okay, let me try these venues. And mm -hmm. it would work out. And God bless them. Because at the time that I came up, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, uh, there wasn't a lot of people that were doing wrestling at the time that were like, how do I put it? Supportive of other people. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't want, they kind of were gatekeeping to a yep. degree. There's and, a lot of gatekeeping in wrestling. And with me, I was just like, dude, I, if you're here in Atlanta and there's like, if I know six other producers that, that, that are going to give you their time, then go, go, go do some shit. Yeah. Now, if I'm flying you in and I'm covering your costs, then I, yeah, I might book you for two days and you know, let's, let's do just two days of SKW. Uh, but if you want to branch out and do more stuff, then I'll be like, cool, let me get those guys to throw in some money towards your travel costs and then go work mm -hmm. with them. Right. Like I'm to be, um, I guess the word is, is, is proprietary, but it's also, I guess, uh, you know, it, it, you know, like uh, peeing on your, your fucking, <laughs> say, yeah, she's mine. Like, oh, yeah, I, it's, it's a, this weird ownership. It's like, like, I licked her, so she's mine. Yeah. That kind of thing is so fucking bizarre to me. Just like all these My favorite, though, it's even more bizarre when it's coming from the pro side, because it's like, again, they're not paying anything for that. That like it's 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 like the sugar daddy yeah, that wants all the peeing. sugar, right? But doesn't you're want not to, even peeing. On her. Yeah, no, you you're, you're not like even literally showing her a picture of your pee. <laughs> like here you go, now you're yeah. mine. It's like you little you motherfucker. You pay me five dollars and you want me to be yours. Yeah, you want me to belong to your fed. Oh my god, that's the funny thing. This is where pro wrestling <laughs> is so awful too, because they don't just tell you not to work for like custom companies. They'll straight up be like, don't work for other wrestling com. Like, don't go to other shows only do their and show. What does that like, say to you? Why? I know, it's crazy. What that says to you is like, you were... That tells you you should go work for other yes. shows. <laughs> but it also says like, you were... You, I, I see you as such a... An object. An object, this small, menial thing that's like, oh, I can trick her into just working for me even though I'm paying her peanuts. Exactly. That's the thing. It's a, it's So wrestling, the people that are still in control of most fucking top things they've never gotten away from that carny style wrestling of like conning the boys yeah. like you don't con that's where it's fucking shit and this is where I, i've said it like it i don't think it used to be this way back in the old old days but maybe it was but at least it, it's more of the modern like 2000s wrestling companies when the internet wrestling really well, took off so it's like the yes. the 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 promoters conning the boys it used to be everyone had their role. Everyone kind of worked together and everybody knew that. But now it's like every, it's so that the movie casino, right? Or like, uh, or, uh, an, uh, it's like, uh, it's like how they showed the breakdown of how the dealers handle everything. And then they hand them and then how they were funneling, the, the mob was funneling the money through the casinos and they showed the whole breakdown of that. That's a really good actual like visual for like how wrestling shows are supposed to work. And that's really with the making you think it's real thing, right? Like you have all the aspects that make you think it's real. So the promoter has their role to play. 
the fucking refs, the, the, all the, the book, everyone has their role, even down to the girl selling the merch at the door. Everyone has their role that they're supposed to play, yeah. but everyone's supposed to be playing that together at the end. It's a team, yeah. but in the modern days of wrestling, it's not. And it's this weird disconnect where now the promoters are trying to scam the boys. The boys are trying to scam the fans by wrestling lazier and all this shit because they're not being paid. Like there's so many things that go into it. And it's just like, it's shitty because it's not supposed to be that way. Like the, the promoter's supposed to take care of the talent. So the talent can go out there and put on the best show for the fans because then that's how you're going to get the fans coming back. And that's how you're going to feed the merch ladies because now that they're going to go over there and buy the merch because they're really impressed by those wrestlers. Like, but it's this dumb scam now that happens where like the promoter isn't taking care of the talent. So how do they expect everything else to go? The way I see it, it's like there's two kinds of producers in this world. There's... Quote me on this. So, mm-hmm. so there's two kind of producers in this world. There's like, okay, I'm the kind of producer that wants you to to pay your rent. Yeah. I want you to get as much work as possible through as many venues as possible. And then the second kind of producer is like, I want you to just pay my rent. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. That that is a really good quote. I would like to quote you. I on just that. want you. That's amazing. I just want you to pay my rent. That's gross. Oh my and god. With me, it's like I want you to pay all your shit, not just through me, but with any other venue that you can find through me. So I was like, okay, I will, I will hook you up with this person, that person, this person. Yeah. I know this kid who is hiring people who's doing like, you know, $100 an hour. Uh, is that okay for you? Cool. Let's do that. Let me hook you up with this and that. There's another guy in another city. Let's do this. I want you to be an active part of the community. I want you to make as much money as you can. If I only want you to make money through me, then yeah, I am that gangster. Yeah. I am the guy who's going door to door telling you, I'll, I'll offer you protection if you pay me and only me. That's bullshit. Oh, yeah. That's fucking bullshit. And a lot of these guys who do the gatekeeping style stuff, like, you know, the company we mentioned, where it's just like, oh, well, only do things my way. Otherwise, you are worthless in this field. Like, that's so problematic. Um, and, and a lot of these companies, especially when it comes to pro wrestling, and I'm so blessed to have worked with, with a lot of these pros. Um, one of my favorite girls in the world, uh, Lacey. Uh, she worked for Shimmer. She worked for all these, you know, all these other companies. She did a lot of pro shows. Uh, Shimmer, by the way, fuck Shimmer, uh, yeah. because that motherfucker. Uh, he hated, talk about not getting paid. Hated my guts. Yeah, Shimmer doesn't. I mean, I think like maybe it'd be like one or two girls maybe get paid every now. Like it was always Shimmer girls never told the truth. Just out and y'all, Shimmer girls would always lie to the other girls' faces that couldn't get on yeah. Shimmer, and they would always say. Oh, it's, you know, Shimmer's just blah, blah, blah. They're, you know, the best of the best. No, they were working for free, and they yeah. didn't want to tell the other girls that. And one of my girls... That was the only way to get on Shimmer, is if you offer to fly yourself, you fucking offer to take yourself there, you offer to wrestle for free, you might earn a spot on the main show, and, one and of the you're still that, not going to get paid. One of the girls that worked for me worked for Shimmer, and she came to me and said, like, he really fucking hates you. And the reason she told me wasn't because she was trying to be like, oh, yeah, let me give you a heads up. It's because she got hit first. She had posted photos on her uh, social media of her, and I kid you not, her boyfriend had taken pictures of her at the beach wearing a bikini. That was it. Just her posing on sand. Wow, really? Wearing a bikini. And he released this all-point bulletin email to everybody. Like, if I see anybody posing in bikinis and you're fucking blacklisted, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I'm going to make an excuse for this girl naming her. Mm. Like, yeah, I'm inspired by this particular person who posted these bikini shots. So So basically he demonized the, the idea of posting photos of yourself in a bikini, which 
hundred percent is is a mainstream acceptable thing. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, he, remember WWE had that whole uh, the calendar or the oh, magazine yeah, yeah, yeah. that oh, yeah, was the course. Divas magazine. Yeah, yeah. Even but at that but time. like she posted uh, pictures of herself in a bikini, and it was a, a conservative bikini. It was a full back, you know, and, and and she looked absolutely beautiful. He saw belly button though. Yeah. Hmm. And he was like, hey, if anybody does this, you know, like I sort of like so and so did recently, you know, even though he didn't fire her. He basically called her out on this email thread. And she came to me and she was like, what the fuck? And I'm just like, dude. like, And I never made her wrestle in a bikini. She literally wore her square cut gear or her one piece gear with, with tights. I'm like, girl, wear what you're comfortable wearing. I'm never going to force somebody to wear something that they're not comfortable wearing. Like, that's just my thing. Like, I, I've had women come in. I've worked with everybody from like, hey, I want to wear yoga pants and a sports bra. Mm-hmm. Cool. We'll, we'll work with that. Yeah. You know? Uh, or, I'll, you know, in your case, you're like, I'll do, I'll do new. Yeah. Like, you know <laughs> I'll be naked without even being told to be but naked. Even then, I'll be like, you know what? I don't, I don't need naked. I want yeah. you to be this, this, and this, because I think, you know, for this scene. I get to actually wear clothes here. Yeah. Yeah. Today <laughs> I was literally like, you know, like, Hey, Anne Marie, let's cover her up. Yeah. I cover up my boobs like guys. Sorry. Uh, uh <laughs> but I want to get to the last part of the, uh, of the podcast, but let's, let's real quick. Anne Marie and you. Holy shit. I know. I love her so much. Holy shit. We have this, like, such a funny, I swear, and it sounds so hippie and girly, but, like, that girl and I were, like, totally friends in a past life because we, like, already, like, we know each other. And th- that happened every time, like, I've been When like, I told her to here. come back today, because I was like, are you off tomorrow? She's like, yes, yeah, my day off. Now, to Emery, she works at a restaurant. She works hard. She backbreak works. It's yeah. fucking hardcore. Like yeah. this woman will unload trucks for six hours. Yeah. You know, and I'm talking about 80 pounds, 60 pounds, 70 pounds, 90 pound boxes. Uh, she'll serve. She is, the reason she could pick you up for a tombstone without Jesus you helping her. Jesus Christ, yo. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I've wrestled, pro- I've never had anybody be able to do that. That was insane. Because she gets all her core from just basically unpacking fucking. She was like, Who? Yep. And she was like, uh, so yeah, uh, this is my day off, and we all know how important our day offs. Oh yeah, our days off. Sorry, are to each other. And I was like, um, do you want to come back and work with uh, with with uh, Crystal? And she's like, oh, oh, she's here for a second day. I'm like, yeah, I might have an extra clip or two. Oh, I'm there. I'm there. Because she yeah. was like, it's her. Let's do this. And so like, I called her up. Literally five minutes. I was like, five minutes. Boom. She showed up. Five minutes. Like, Boom. And we do these two clips. So you guys were like so her. good together. That's what I mean. We had. To, let's. Uh, I have this like. And I don't bring it up to her very much. She might hear this later and think it's weird, but I because I try not to over hippie everybody. But like I'm super hippie and weird. But like instantly, I always think it. Like I'm like, I know this girl already. Like she and I have been like, yeah, past life. There's just like a weird connection there between us that it's like, ugh. oh, you guys are gonna love the matches you guys did. Yeah. So but she's the me- one person, and that's what's funny is she's not a pro. Like she's pro trained with you, but yeah. like she's not like like the way I was. Brought, like we yeah. came up completely different ways, but like. I'm more comfortable jumping in with her. Like you heard, I don't do pile drivers anymore, yeah. guys. You guys know, even Lucha Girls. No, let me give you it a was back, announced let me, they don't. Let me give you some background on that. So I reached out to you and I said, here, there's a guy who wanted to do a script and uh, you came down. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about the pile driver clause. And so I showed you the script and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do pile drivers. I'm like, okay. Uh, so I wrote the guy and I was like, hey, man, um, did you send the payment? He said, yeah. And I said, well, last minute. Um, Lucky is not comfortable doing Paul Drivers. And I was kind of hoping to wriggle out of it, but at the same time, I wanted you to get the money. Uh, and he goes like, you know what? Just replace the move. I said, okay, cool. 
So uh, we're shooting, and then the move that she was supposed to give to you, you were supposed to give her a pile driver. Mm -hmm. But you had just... you, had, you had, Yeah, I got like, big boobs, so I can't yeah, do so it Yeah, so you anymore. can't really lift that much. And so we replaced it with a swing and neck breaker. And, uh, and I go... And at the last minute, I didn't prompt this, by the way, but Lucky was like, you know what? Um, let's just let her give it a shot. And so uh, we're, we're shooting it, and Anne-Marie just picks her up like you're nothing. Yeah, we didn't even have to rehearse it. Yeah, I was like, you guys know how to do this. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. I never say that, by the way. Yeah. I never say, let's just yeah. do it. Pile drivers, I always walk through, <laughs> but I know that you guys are on your game. She picked you up like you were a sack of like rice. I know. It's just Whee! such a beast. And then she not only picked you up, picked you up facing away from the camera. Yep. Does a slow rotisserie turn, holds you there for a bit, readjusts you, mm -hmm. and then boom, nails it. And it was one of the best ones I've done all year. I was like, Oh, and I really did, wasn't even scared. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. And so you guys just—I just trusted her. Self promo. Check this out; it's going to be great. So let's finish it with this. So I, I so you got into uh, fetish wrestling, mm -hmm. and you started to do a, like a gamut of stuff. So yeah. two final questions: um, What other kinks did you explore that were non-wrestling related? And I'm not talking about porn. Because you know, porn is, is you know, yeah, fetish stuff. Yeah. So fetish-wise, what other um, what other genres did you explore that that you kind of thought were cool or fun? Like anything that you really liked? I mean, I don't hide it. I always joke about it because the only place I can joke about it is on Twitter. Um, like I learned, I love limp and sleepy play. Mm -hmm. Fucking love that. Shit. <laughs> I love limp play. It's like well, you one and of I my did favorite. So let me confess something to you because I've had a drink. Uh, <laughs> So I, I was doing the sleepy scene with you, and I was like, okay, look, what, what goes on camera is what stays on camera mm -hmm. So we're doing a sensual scene, and we opened up doing like a small kissing scene, and then we like we went to the sleepers, and then I had to do sleepy kissing on you, mm -hmm. and then I felt you kind of pull away a little bit. <laughs> and for a good six hours, I was like, did I do something wrong? <laughs> Because I don't, I consider myself to be, you know, a pretty, pretty good. You're embarrassing me. No, no, no. So I, I, I'm a pretty good presence on set. Like, I, it's taking me a long time to be very self-assured, right? So I'm like, I know I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm being, I, I, I'm, I'm handling it okay. I'm not being too aggressive. But there were some moments where you pulled away a bit. And I was like, what's going on? Like, oh shit, did I, did I overstep my boundaries? So I was terrified, right? So, but I'm still, I'm still, the next scene, I knock you out, a sleeper, 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 and then I lean in and I did like a, a like a, like, you know, like a sleepy kiss. It was very innocent. Mm -hmm. And then you, you kissed back and then you backed away again. And I'm like, okay, either I smell like shit or I'm creepier than I was led to believe. Okay, so, we do the scene, and don't let it affect your viewing, because it's still a great scene. But I was still like, okay, what, what's going on? And then it's earlier, gonna make them want to watch it more. Yeah, right. And then earlier today, you actually said a thing, and I felt so much better about myself. <laughs> and what did you say? I have a sleepy fetish, so yes. I had to watch myself. I was the predator. Because <laughs> I was like... What's happening? I had your head in my hands, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, oh. no, I just, uh, yeah, I know myself. <laughs> so now I feel way better. Yeah. I, now I feel like I did it so effectively 
that you were like, okay, I need to fucking watch Yeah, that yeah, scene. no, it was good. It was good. So yes, definitely <laughs> watch that scene. It's really, really good. Yeah. I learned I love I, I love. Which makes well, me so one, heartbroken. But it's, it's one of my kinks too. Yeah, and it yeah. makes me so heartbroken that I can't do it anymore for clubs for sale. Because I did so much limp stuff. I, and I used to do some funny ass limps. I know it's the only place. Yeah. Literally the only place I could do well, it. Next time we do a scene together, we'll talk through it. Yeah. All right. Don't be afraid. I'm not gonna there's not gonna be a whole fucking thing. Like you said something that was actually resonant with me where you're like whatever happens on camera happens on camera yeah once you cut that's it that's my rule leave it at the door yeah and so next time yeah okay but (laughs) this first time was still really really good like i i felt like there was this this connection but at the same time your reactions your selling was were perfect and so if you like sleepers if you like sensual sleepers you're gonna love this clip and we'll do more in the future yeah Uh, faith likes to do them too so you guys are gonna have a good time now the next question i had is in terms of your own personal kinks, um, especially for mentioning sleepy stuff, mm-hmm. uh, your kinks now, like where did they originate for you? Because um, I know a lot of things get shot back to childhood. Sometimes they come back to when you're a teenager. Sometimes when you're 21 and up, you, you discover things that you're into. See, I think like... So for example, the sleepy stuff, where did yeah. that emerge for you? Just so I've been in entertainment a really long time. I've been in wrestling since I was fourteen. Sure. Um, a lot of what I actually I think I like, I think came about because I've I've had the luxury of being able to try a million things mm-hmm. um, in porn. Yeah. Because I I I it's you know. Not a lot of people, because I kept so much of my persona so separate. Like, people don't realize how young I was when I got into porn. I was still really young. I was legal, but I was still really young. Yeah, 18 is young. Yeah. And so, and and, I mean, before that, like, I was 14, 15 in male locker rooms. You know, I'd seen lots of dick in my life um, prior to that and everything. So it's like, I think I just kind of picked up a lot of it through that. Was like, okay, like, you know... I'd go and work for a producer and, and okay, that fetish was okay. Like for a lot, for a little while I thought I, w- I liked bondage because I worked with a couple people that I enjoyed it with. But then when I started working with other people that really enjoyed bondage and I realized, oh fuck this, mm-hmm. I don't like it and I won't, yeah. I don't do it anymore. Um, same with the tickle and the feet stuff, you know, <coughs> I had worked with and been with people that were into it and then when it's just me though, if, if I had a, a choice, they that wouldn't be one of my top five, you yeah. know? So I think a lot of it was just growing up, but being able to practice and, like, try lots of things in controlled environments. Yeah. Even when I'd have, you know, I didn't enjoy it. Like, it was still safe. Does that make any sense? Yeah. You know? Cool. I was on set, so I got to try a lot of things. I'm still discovering myself, though, because I was with someone. I was groomed from... I'm 40-something now, and I yeah. still... I, I discover many kinks all the time. Oh, yeah, but I was with one boy for... My entire almost adulthood up until three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. and then now I'm, that's what I'm learning. So for the longest time too, because I thought I was gay for a really long time. I thought yeah. I was only a lesbian and I thought, oh, this one boy was just the unique boy that yeah. I liked. And for yeah. my own reasonings, was very, he was very effeminate. So I thought that had something to do with it. What, so, <laughs> but what, now I, I've learned I'm not and I'm actually, I, I look and love men like yeah. so much. Yeah. So where, where did the sleepy come from? Like. No, it was so. I just it was, I was producing more and more limp, and just 
it used to be a lot of it was I was on the top, right? Like, so I was always the person knocking them out and doing the things. And then I started playing the bottom more. Um, and, <laughs> and like, so when I started playing the bottom more yeah. in those scenarios, I would, <laughs> I would get like tingly and I was like, I was Sorry, like, we're watching oh our, my God. Our, our cat play with our dog and it's, it's so super cute. cute. Oh, oh, they're cuddling. Oh, yeah, they're, they're cuddling. And so, like, I would just realize, like, when I was in the scene and the girls were doing the, the limp play on me, I was like, ooh, I kind of really like that. Yeah. And then, you know, and then it would be more of the aggressive stuff. Like, I mean, I have always, I like wrestling. I yeah. do love roughhousing. I love roughhousing with guys and girls. And that, that does turn me on. Um, so then it's like combining the sleepy and the wrestling, then it's like super fun. And I really love that. Yeah. So I think. I think next time a you, lot and I, of that so is, you and I share that. I, yeah. I love improv role play. Yeah, right? I just like, I don't like things too, like, I don't know, maybe too it's structured, like, structured, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know, it's it's like, and then when it is, like, like I'm on porn sets a lot more now than anything. Yeah. And like, when I am on a mainstream set where it's really structured, I, I literally had it, and this one producer, he's one of my best fucking friends, and we've worked together, and we've had sex, and... For you know, main Shoots, things yeah, and, yeah. and everything, he told me, and this happened just within the last two weeks. And he told me he confessed to me during a shoot with me when and when it was so on my shoots, I'm the director, obviously, and I'm directing the guy behind the camera. <clears throat> and he told me he did not think I liked sex, and I was like, "What? What are you talking about? I I love sex." And he was like, "No, I mean." Like here, I understand because you're you're thinking you're directing. I can get it in that aspect. Sure. But he's like, when you're on my set, and I'm watching you, is it that you don't like the guys I'm booking you with, or do you just not like the sex? And I was like, no, but it is awkward because it's so structured, yeah. you know. And so it, we had a long talk about it and like how I can, it's, it's one of those, again, there's the d disconnect on porn sets where it's like, you know, you don't really get to talk to your scene partner a lot of the time before the scene starts. So now I know, you know, okay, going forward, I work with a lot of the same dudes. I'm just going to ask him for a little bit of sleepy stuff before and I might be more into it Yeah, and maybe it'll come off a little bit better. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, and you and I do share that. Like I, I do. And I have so many, like I, someone asked me a long time ago on this podcast, like, do you have a fetish? And uh, I will ask you that question in a second. But, like, to me, like, I, I never... do have a fetish. Yeah, no, and that, that's great. I want to hear about That's, it. like, what we jack off to, right? Oh, well... well... I don't jack off. I masturbate, but, you know... So, so, so uh, the way that, that it's been structurally defined is there's a different... Massive difference between having a kink and a fetish. And with a fetish is something that has to be present for you to have a complete sexual experience. So let's say you and I are together and like you're like, okay, well, I can only come if you choke me. That's a fetish. <coughs> you know what I mean? Oh. I'm not doing it to her right now. She coughed on her own. I'm uh, choking. <laughs> but no. But like, yeah. So a fetish has to be something that, that, that is something that – it's something that has to be present for you to have <coughs> an orgasm. Okay. So for some guys, for example, um, I have a pantyhose fetish. Not me, but like another guy. Like My wife has to wear a pantyhose for me to have that that orgasm otherwise if she's just bare legged I can't come uh, or I need to be spoken to in a certain way for me to come that's a fetish uh, or I need to have this particular scenario fulfilled for me to have uh, an orgasm so orgasm is the end game for a fetish and so for a lot of these guys bare feet you know unless there's a barefoot in, in involved 
whether they're worshiping it or whether they're being smothered by it, there has to be a barefoot involved for them to have the orgasm because otherwise they, they can't come. That's a hard, hard definition. Yeah. And that's what a fetish is. Now, however, kink is something that could be introduced. Yeah, I got point. lots of kinks. Lots of kinks. I'm a man of a, of a thousand kinks. I have but so many kinks, actually. Exactly. And someone asked me once during the podcast, like, hey, do you have a fetish? And I'm just like, uh, you know what? When I, when I make love to my, my girlfriend, sometimes I just like to make love to my girlfriend. Yeah. Sometimes it's just literally like, let's fuck. Do we need to do any kinky play? Do we need to say things to each other? Does there have to be a certain kind of attire involved? No. I can just, we can do naked. Naked, naked, sex, sex, awesome. Yeah, fuck. that's what I can However, do if she shows up and she's wearing like a spandex or something like that, or like a one-piece suit or bikini, something that's cute or even lingerie, it could be fucking hot, uh, but it's not necessary. Right. And so my question to you is, do you have many kinks or do you have any fetishes? Like, is there something that has to happen for you to, to have a complete experience? Hmm. I'll put it to you this way. Our friend Constance, uh, who is a model for the, for the, you know, in the industry, and she's a sleepy model. She was on this podcast, so she won't mind if I share this information, but she's like, I have a sleepy fetish. And I was like, and I kind of challenged her on that. I was like, do you really? Because you know, you you know, it has to be a thing. She's like, yeah, my husband has to pretend, or I have to pretend to get knocked out. And so oh. I have to be limp. So I'm out. He's inside of me, and I'm pretending to be unconscious. And if I can be rendered unconscious, quote end quote, uh, during sex, then yes, it makes me come. But if I don't have that, then it's really hard or impossible for me to come. Interesting. So that to me is what a fetish is. <coughs> uh, but can you just have a regular love making? Oh yeah, I'm actually really easy to get. There off. you go. So in that case, you're not. So you don't really have a fetish. You just have a lot of kinks. I have a shit ton of kinks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely. Okay, yeah, yeah. So like, then yeah, the, everything else. Then I would say then masturbate too would be a kink. Yes. Right now, so what 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 is your porn of choice? My porn of choice. Yeah. What do you like to watch? <laughs> Um, I really, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing shameful about it. <laughs> like my, okay, I'll go for it. Uh, so I don't really watch a lot of porn, uh, but if I do, I like watching combat. I love uh, a good combat thing. I, back when I was younger and I first started getting into porn, I remember I would go to like video stores and like, even when I was 17, I would sneak in and like rent stuff and they didn't, mm -hmm. they didn't card me for whatever reason. And I, didn't like girl boy porn a whole lot. I think I had what 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 a comedian once called a one dick <coughs> a one uh, it's like a one dick per fantasy rule. Oh. Like, it's my dick. Uh -huh. I don't really want to see another guy's dick. And like I don't know what it was. I just I was like okay, well that's that's cool. No, dude. that's actually pretty common. Like lesbian porn fans. So lesbian way. porn for me was a huge deal. But like yeah. I had to find the right kind, and I would I rented like all the the nineties style, or it was like the girls with the teased hair, and like it was really over dramatic. Yeah. And I was like, anyway, they would always wear stuff that was completely unbelievable. It was like <laughs> six inch stiletto heels with the teased hair, like one foot on the table, and like another girl's on her knees, like licking her vagina, and she's mm -hmm. just like, yeah, thank you, say that, clap. And it was like a lot of California-style kind of porn. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was overdone. But then there was a company called Sweetheart Productions that came out. And uh, hold on. They're still around. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pause this. Cause, holy shit, i got to be so bad. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's go here. Okay, so let's pause. All right, we're back from our bio break. 
so we're talking about Sweetheart Productions. So yeah. that was the first uh, lesbian porn company, and it was the early days of the internet. Yeah. Where I noticed things like, and it actually inspired me to do things like what I do now, which it was storyline, natural looking people. Like the women that were, before they went to like Sweden and started doing this stuff over there, were like, but back, back in the day when I witnessed uh, Sweetheart Production, it was an American based company and the women were like, you know, younger, but like they weren't like super young. They were like, you know, between like 20, 22 or whatever. And it was a lot of like build up to it. It was a lot of sensuality. And I think that's what connected with me at the time was the sensuality of it. You would get a 30 minute porn video between these two lesbians. But 15 minutes of it was no nudity. It was a lot mm -hmm. of like build up, why are they here? Lots of sensual kissing, lots of um, uh, teasing, lots of, you know, they were just wearing like underwear. It was a no nudity. It was a lot of like stroking in the outside. It was very tantalizing and titillating. And so that kind of stuck in me where I was like, okay, two beautiful women and it's very sensual. It's not just like, oh, let me take your clothes off and fuck you. It was just like, we're in love. It was like the, the in love thing. Mm -hmm. And so that always kind of stuck with me. And it was the only porn for a while that I watched outside of like combat porn and, and wrestling porn, which also inspired me like DT and stuff like that. And oh, the yeah. past to me was like a huge thing. Um, uh, Women's World, Back from Florida, uh, all these other companies. But like to me, the lesbian thing was such a turn on but what only when it was done right oh yeah and um even to a degree some of like the stepmother stepdaughter porn that mm -hmm. came out recently i would watch that and be like okay this has hints of that of that like i'm seducing you yeah and half of it is the seduction mm -hmm. and it's the, the last five minutes is the nudity and like okay i'm going down on you or whatever but for the most part it's the panties like mm -hmm. to me it's like the coverage was such a huge turn on which is like oh we're we're not showing you what's there. We're showing you like what's on top of it. And uh, to, to, today, like people will literally be like, I'm so glad that you don't do full nudity because like I like to see the one piece suit covering mm -hmm. all these parts. And I can see a hint of what's underneath there, but I never get to see what's underneath. It's yeah, like, something about the tease. The tease. And so I never got into hardcore porn. And I'm not saying that as a boast because I know like most people, that's what they like. Yeah. <clears throat> but to me, the pink parts... Yeah awesome when I'm dealing with them in person mm -hmm. fuck yeah great I love to be nude with somebody that I'm connected with but when I'm watching somebody else I kind of like the coverage I kind of like the the like oh what's behind that and I think that's one of the reasons why I stayed so PG-13 for, yeah. for most of my time um, the reason I'm, I'm telling this is because we're, we're talking about what, what you get off to mm -hmm. and, and I'm obviously not going to judge I've had People on this podcast are like, yeah, I get off some really raunchy shit or some really dark stuff. Uh, really... But what 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 turns you on when you when you watch porn? <laughs> if you even watch porn, I do. I, watch porn. <laughs> <laughs> so I have like a few categories. Depends on what I'm trying to get off to. Sure. Like, okay, it depends on how much time I have. Honestly, and like yeah. what I'm using. I will um, say this about women: women are amazing because men. <laughs> When you ask men what kind of porn they watch, it's always very specific porn. It's always like, well, I like to watch like, you know, Max Hardcore with this one model or this one particular, you know, like, you know, model versus or like Vivid videos. Or <laughs> Ryan's always like, hot blonde milk cream pie. Sure. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> this is Google. Very true. With women, for the longest time that I knew, uh, the women in my circle were like, they would literally watch GIFs 
Like, or I guess what would you say, GIFs? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't GIFs. I call them GIFs. So Tumblr. Tumblr was a big thing for oh, the yeah. longest time. Tumblr committed suicide by cutting off adult stuff. Pretty but much. I would have women in my life who would be like, they would have an entire blog with just these little collections of, of GIFs or GIFs. And it would be these small little scenes, like, you know, five seconds of a scene. And it would be like, from, from mainstream movies, too. Mm-hmm. It would be like Sherlock Holmes, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch with, like, some girl or another guy, like, moving in. Yeah. And then, boom, that would be it. And I'm like, you get off to that? Yeah. It was more about the idea of a scene versus the whole scene itself. And I feel like that's an interesting thing. Men want to see the whole scene play out. But mm-hmm. women want to see the idea of it. And then they can just use their imagination to get where yeah. they want to go, right? I guess that's true. But is that different for you? or? Okay, so like... <laughs> <laughs> I grew up... <laughs> okay, maybe again, my entire life stories actually kind of probably make sense from this. I grew up like bullied. I was a nerdy kid, so I was bullied. I have, there's so many things that happened to me that sure. me bullied. It was always around wrestling. Fuck pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was alone a lot, and I watched a lot of uh, anime and read a lot of manga. Sure, sure. That's so a I'm into hentai, but like, like specific hentai. Like I will go through the depths of the earth to find the the fan fiction. To continue a story from fairy tale, and it better be of the romance that I fucking wanted in the anime because oh, okay. the one that they ended up with in the anime, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a, so I would, I'm a huge fan fiction fucking sure. imaginative. Sure. I, I love. You're not the only one. I fucking love anything anime, hentai, manga, like no, is fan this, fiction. Is this just written out? Yeah, I, I love the reading because then I can envision it myself. Of course. Um, if I want a visual, I mean, everyone's... This is almost porn for almost any kind of animated... I mean, not every anime, but most of them you can find sure. something. And it kind of gives me the visual. I hate, though... The, the, my biggest complaint, I can't really watch a lot of hentai. I do prefer the manga porn over that. Mm-hmm. Only because hentai is a little too um, over the top. Like, the dicks are always a little too big for me. That's always the, the goofiness of that. I'm just more into like the 16 tentacles, but yeah. Yeah, right. Like, it's always too much. But the manga, even in manga when they have the tentacles, it's fine. But like, it's, it's just, there's just, I don't know. I can't see the video of it. It's just too fake for me in the videos because it's, it's all fucking uh, copyrighted. So they can't, it's a whole fucking thing. Hentai's not as good as just fan fiction manga. So much better. That's why DeviantArt is such a big thing. Oh, I love DeviantArt. Yes, I get off on so much. Like, talking about gifts, that's why I was giggling. Because like, literally, you go there and find so many good gifts. Dude, my, my DeviantArt profile right now, I think we have like 17.5 million like hits. Damn, yeah. that's awesome. And this is just me posting photos. So, so awesome. imagine, I can't even imagine the hits these guys are getting like just posting like images of things that could have happened. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I like that. I mean, that's my number one. If I have time, because mm-hmm. I gotta, it's time. Obviously, it's pictures and stuff. Sure. If I'm gonna just like watch like porn, porn. Um, this probably goes with why I like the Japanese stuff that I like. Sure. Um, I really like you know schoolgirl porn. <laughs> yeah, that's hot. <laughs> For some fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> we've shot we've shot schoolgirl outfits on yeah our side, but so. like it's always it's, but it's it's not I don't like schoolgirls with older men I think that's creepy but schoolgirls with us schoolgirls uh, no I don't like lesbian porn oh yeah let's go outside and fight 
<laughs> no, I'm, it's just not my thing to watch. <laughs> I'd rather be in the vagina than, you know what I mean? I'd rather be licking well, the Well, yeah, obviously we're dealing with two Because And also, I hate, it's hard because I know a lot of the women. So I know them, so I know who do, who likes girls, so, who so doesn't. So ideal, I can't really watch a so lot of So what's your ideal scenario? So it's like schoolgirl? So girl. it's schoolgirl and schoolboy. Okay. I, I love innocent first-time sexers. Sure. Does that make sense? Like, I no, like no, no, it happens a lot. I really love innocent. I mean, that, that's kind of the core of what the stepdaughter... Yeah, step and that's what I do. Like, I do... Yeah, right? Yeah. Like I And I do the stepmom, stepson thing because I really... That's why I was offended when my friend... But then again, he was playing a brother-in-law, so I was like, you know what? Fuck you. You're not even playing what I like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get... Oh, and I'm also... I creepishly... I am Jan Brady. I have the biggest stepbrother kink in the world. Interesting. Like... It, it's yeah. I always joke like where I'm Jam like, Frank. I literally am Jam Brady. Like I, my brother is uh is is I think it has to do. So I have a stepbrother, and my brother. Oh my is god, we should do a scene older. where you're like, like I'm the older brother, and you're like, do you know what knockouts are? Right. Oh my god, I would love it. I would love it. I really do think that it's like guys it's, order this custom. We'll do it. <laughs> Faithful shoot it. I literally like I'm into. I, I tell everyone like, if I've told you. So, so I, I am, I, okay, so again, I'm a weird hippie, so I'm a super Sagittarius. If you don't know what that is, Google it, and you can read about me. But I am so Sagittarius that, like, I am the biggest tease in the world, and I friend zone everybody. (laughs) Every male, somehow will think that, all my male friends, they know this, so I don't care about saying it. They all thought at some point they might be dating me, but I was, honestly, then I had to rain check all of them and be like, absolutely not, nobody's dating me because... Nobody can own me ever again. Yeah. Um, and so I'm the biggest tease ever. But if I tell people you're my budge, you're my friend, you've been friend zoned. Even if I tell everybody, oh my God, I love him, you've been friend zoned. Yeah. The only time that you might have not have been friend zoned and you would stand a chance is if I tell you, you're like a big brother to me. And that's how, what actually, so I guess I do have a fetish. Yeah. Because that is the thing like with my current you you, know, partner. partner. Yeah. Um, is he an older gentleman? He's, he's a, a little older than me, but not, he's, he's just like a year older. Yeah. Um, but he definitely reminds me of but he, my But older. he plays into it. Yeah, everyone says that people have daddy issues, yeah. right? Like I got brother issues. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, got do you have any actual brothers? Oh yeah, I have an older stepbrother. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But he, he's, he's my dad's, uh, for my dad's first marriage, yeah. so he's older. He's 10 years older. Gotcha. And I grew up with him, and I, I think and my brother is very attractive. What my siblings the, all know this, so you can't shame me for no, it. No, 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 of course. Well, what was the first thing that you watched that kind of triggered you for that? In porn, or just like generally? No, like uh, for porn. Like, was it an anime that you watched, or was it like an older brother? Um, I mean, that is a really common thing in animes and mangas. Oh, there, I know. There's so much, and I think that had uh, played a prior, because that's all I watched when I was a kid. There's a lot of schoolyard anime. Oh, yeah, it's and it's crazy. there was always a little sister in love with her brother. Yeah. There's always that. So I think that played a part. But then having a brother that, like, so I came from a really big family, and, mm. like, I'm not going to lie. Like, my family... My mom admits it too. My mom was a really young mom. She met my dad when she was 15 and he was a 25-year-old cop and she worked in a donut shop. I'm not even kidding. Um, it was a whole fucking thing. Wow. So my mom didn't really have a chance to... She had to, she matured sexually really quick but didn't really have a chance to be a kid. So she's raising you know, someone else's son and then four daughters of her own and doesn't really teach us modesty. So like none of us... like I mean, we 
I knew what sex was when I was like really young. Yeah. Really young. I didn't do it until I was older, but like I still knew what it was. So like I I knew at a young age, like, oh, okay, so boys are cute. There's my brother. My brother's cute. You know, I think that was like it starts out as like an innocent thing. Kind of like the Electra factor of like when girls first develop feelings for their fathers. Sure. And and the um what is it, Oedipus? For the brother, or for the, the, the son falling in love with his mother. And it's all, every yes. kid, almost every kid goes through it, where they get this weird defensiveness of their mom, right? Yeah, Only my mom can like, more me. like a reverse edible, where it's like my, my brother. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I had. I Because I, I don't have daddy issues. Like, I don't, I, and I don't like older men. Yeah, I never had the mommy issues. I, 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 I definitely, I'm, I'm an intelligent man. Mm-hmm. I, I had to go back and re-dig. Like, do I have edible... Things. And I looked at all the women that I've dated uh, up until now, and it's like, no, not at all. No. It just never, never entered. Obviously, uh, there are elements where it's like, okay, does she cook for you? Right. You know, cooking is a huge thing. Like when, when Faith cooks for me, it's like this very nurturing, beautiful thing where I'm like, oh shit, she made me a meal. Uh, when she does little things like, you know, stroke your skin, you know, stuff like that. There are things that connect you to the motherly thing, but I yeah. never really had that edible connection no and not everybody does i mean i mean but not everybody you know gets kinky stuff you know for their brothers i mean obviously i'm an adult now my brother is also gay so it's not like (laughs) i always joke that that's part of it i always joke that that's what it is that it also is the unattainable like no matter what like there's no seducing there There there's nothing i can do um (laughs) that's always the joke so that's why i joke i loved when my brother first met uh, my baby's daddy, uh, like, that was, like, I sat next to both of them and I was like, yep, I knew they were going to get on. They're fucking identical. <laughs> yep. So it's definitely true. And that's why I think. Interesting. Yeah. And that's why I always joke with everyone. It's like, if you give me brother vibes. Yeah. You turn me on and I enjoy sex with you. If you don't give me brother vibes, you will get that, that we're, we're working. Sure. You know, I think I do need that because, yeah, that's probably why my marriage Failed because the sex was so bad. Oh, Because no. he did not give me brother vibes. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and I don't remember what he looked like. Yeah, he was like a little boy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was interesting. Um, God, I remember that, that day at FedCon. But he also looked like an anime character. Yeah. So I think that was a lot. Of, and I was a teenager when I met him. Okay. So, yeah. so there was a lot of impression. There was a lot. Oh, yeah. He was older than me, too. Yeah. He was 23 when I was like 17. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's when you guys first started dating? Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Right. Why do you think, like I said, like my, my dad was 25, my mom was 15. There was yeah. lots of... My mom was, uh, my mom was the older woman in my, my, my relationship with, or her relationship with my father, my stepfather. Oh, okay. Where she, they were like seven years apart. Okay. Yeah. So my, my, my stepfather, who is, I, I, it's weird to call him my stepfather because he's my dad. He's the one who, he raised me. But like, uh, since I was two years old. Oh, okay. So my mother was seven years older and my mom literally to this day will be like he fell in love with you before he fell in love with me like uh-huh. he, he met me and he, he, i was two and she, he was like you were the cutest little boy and he just was like i want to raise his son like that's that, so that. cute yeah. and so so for the longest time my mom was like i'll marry him but i think he kind of just is marrying me to be the father to this son but it turns out that they ended up falling in love you know after that and they're, you know, it's, he's, she's 76, he's 71, 72, or 77. Oh, wow. So they're 70 years apart. Uh, but they've been, you know, madly in love ever since. 
uh, and they raised me. He raised me as his own. Like he's like God. Is he, I my father. God, he saved my life in so many ways. I think I already told you some of the stories, but like, yeah. yeah. So it was it was an amazing thing where like you know they had this huge age gap, but they made it work, and he raised me to be his own or whatever. But I never gleaned any of those edible kinks or anything from that. You know, I never. I really don't think like <clears throat> like so many people talk about. Oh, this was triggered, or oh, this yeah. was this. I am a huge believer of like some people are just born being what they're into. Like, there's nothing that... I mean, some things might like be picked up. Like a previous life. <laughs> yeah, like, right? Like, I don't know. Like, there's some things I feel like you can pick up, and there's some things that's like, you you could just see it every day, and it's not going to turn you on. Well, what's really cool is that you did what I did, and, and what others have done successfully, which is really rare, which is to uh, gather your kinks, and then make a living out of it. Which is so hard to do. Right, which is funny that I was making a living off of it before I even realized I was actually into it because it was with someone that stifled my ability to explore it because at home we only got to do his things. Exactly. And this was only for money. I couldn't explore it in a pleasurable way or even take pleasure in it because if I enjoyed work, that was a whole fucking problem. Um, now, though, I've been able... That's like I said. Like I've learned, obviously, I like men. And so I've been able to explore kinks and things that I never could before. Mm -hmm. And it's just crazy to do that, to be like, wow, you know, I'm a 33-year-old woman, going to be 34, I got a kid, and I'm still learning <laughs> what I'm into. I know. How old, is the, how old is your kid now? Two and a half years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'll have to see some pictures soon. He's so cute. He's, I'm sure he's adorable. Uh, well, shit. Well, we'll go ahead and wind it down. Um, I got to pay you. <laughs> oh yeah so we're gonna go and actually tally up and uh and see what we've shot i also want to yeah. show you a couple of short clips that i think you're gonna love please do oh yeah go but pack. uh pack and then you gotta go pack but um but yeah so honestly i've worked with a lot of people in this business um that i have had back over and over again and they've been fantastic uh experiences but with this i feel and please you know if if you don't agree uh, I'm not gonna take it as a as a hit but there's something to me that's very very special about the fact that we were able to come back and and do this together you know because like I think we, we did I mean, how many flights would I miss I know well, well, no, but, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, but it, we we did this we did this at such a young age for the both of us yeah where we had so much fun it was so visceral it was so uh, organic um, and then I had this weird fear but I was like, we might not ever get to do this again because she's on this path and I'm in, on a separate path. And I didn't know if we were going to be able to converge and, and, and do wrestling and do kink again. But what was great about it is that we both got to this place where I was okay with suddenly doing things that we, I wasn't okay with doing back in the day, right? And you're suddenly okay with doing mm -hmm. things that you weren't okay with doing back in the day. And so the fact that we were able to re-meet or I guess converge and do what we shot today and yesterday, which honestly, the stuff that we shot to me is is such a great combination of the different things that we've both expanded on doing. Yeah. Uh, did we do full porn? No, we did not. But did we meet in the middle a little bit? I think we did. We did some sensual stuff. We did straight up technical pro. We did uh, male, female uh, sensual knockouts. 
we did uh, whatever the fuck the 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 one you know the 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 one where you're wearing the white blouse and the skirts. Oh, the spy. When we did like the spy stuff, that was a, a whole other creature that we were able to bang out really, really, really well. So I think that us meeting at this particular point in time was was perfect. Like it was just like we really gave the energy that we needed to give to these projects and the fans yeah. that ordered them. You guys are going to get some crazy good shit. I think so. Um, but the, the biggest takeaway from this is that now that I know, now I know that we, we, we work so well together that now a future visit is going to be pretty much inevitable. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like in a few months, I'm going to call you back and be like, let's just do another couple, two or three days. And what's great is like, you know, Faith has her own company. Uh, so she's going to definitely, she's already seen some of the stuff that we shot. She's like, oh, shit, I should have hired her. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we ran out of time. So she's gonna want to hire you for your for her stuff, and then of Sweet. course we have some local people who we're probably gonna hire too. Gloss shoots her own stuff too. She's probably gonna she's definitely gonna want you to come back and do like inflatable stuff. She does balloon popping and stuff like that. So it's gonna be really fun. <laughs> I have like this no balloon popping. Oh, do you not do that? I'm so scared. Oh, I mean, no. I've done it. I've done it, and I've What's literally cried more... after. Like, oh, I hate it. I hate it. What's so funny is the more scared you are, the more they like I it. I know. I know. I know. Like. Oh no! Oh god! I oh, oh I'm getting I'm getting the chill. Oh I'm getting the crazy. Actually, I don't like it either. It's so it's so bad. It's so oh I hate when oh I turn no. into a puppy. Yes, right. Like oh I just can't. I can't do balloons. Yeah, I can't. We, do balloons. I've had I've had women downstairs I'm doing so it. And I'm just like I'm just gonna go outside. Yeah, right. It's just my brain wants off. Like just, like it's like it's like I turned into a fembot and it's just like <laughs> time to malfunction because the balloon just popped in my face. All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and do some. Uh, we'll do some plugs. So we're gonna get you to promote your material. So oh. where can we as cl- you know common plebs uh, find Crystal Clark slash Lucky O'Shea? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Crystal Clark XO. You can find me on Instagram at CC Alien Soul. Um, <laughs> I got that from Soul Leader. If anybody's an anime fan, nice. Um, and then you can find me on OnlyFans, which is OnlyFans.com slash Crystal Clark XO, and it's free to subscribe. Now is it XO XO? No, 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 it's just XO. Okay, because I, I had somebody who was like, I was putting an X and a zero in there, and I'm like, no, 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 it's XO. Yeah, it's just Crystal Clark XO. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's well, shit. Uh, for us, um, as always, we are sleeperkidsworld.com for all the free stuff. We have over 500,000 free photos and clips there. Uh, Jesus, it's, it's, that's yeah, a lot. It's crazy. Uh, it's, yeah, it goes back to like 2001. Jesus. So, yeah, go back there, check out all our shit. Uh, tons of free photos, free clips, um, and, and all of our old video descriptions. Uh, if you want to go to, for our paid content, go to skwppb.com. We have about 3,000 clips plus there right now, so you can just go order everything. Uh, and then you can go to our sister site, Sensually Savage, such as sensuallysavageproductions.com. And if you want to see me get my ass kicked as Danny the Jobber, uh, you can go to SK, oh, sorry, twitter.com dprods, so it's D-P-R-O-D-S, uh, and you can find my Gumroad uh, store there. Eventually, I am going to have um, you come down and do some Danny the Jobber stuff. <laughs> I love it. I was like, that's your Jobber? Yeah, the Danny cutest. the Jobber. Literally just <laughs> show up and kick my ass, which is so relaxing. <laughs> just let me lay there and take it, please, guys, just for a little bit. That was literally like the best part about wrestling Anne-Marie was we were able to literally just like wrestle like that. Mm-hmm. 
It was so cool. We and just I think beat each yeah. other up. Yes, and I think the next time you come to visit, I think I do should... want to roll around with you sometimes. That's what I'm thinking. I think yeah. we should totally do just an improv thing. Yeah, we'll just yeah. back and forth and see who wins. I'm down. Um, and that would be fantastic. So if you guys want to order something like that, please go through it. Uh, email is imsleeperkid at yahoo.com. We are currently booked solid all the way through the end of May, and then we're going to take June and July off to go travel. We're going to try to get out to Italy and then just like try to come back and just relax. So we're going to be back in August after that. Uh, August, September, October, and then I'm going to probably take November, December off. So you guys, honestly, it sounds like uh, an ego thing, but we are getting booked a lot. So please order your customs now for uh, May and then August because we are booked solid. And I, I'm trying to watch out for my mental health, so I'm going to really limit how many <laughs> things I book because right now... I'm literally shooting every day, every day, every day. I take a day off and then I shoot some more. So I'm going to try to uh, put a curb on that. So um, please order. Uh, enjoy this. Please check out Lucky Stuff slash Crystals. She's one of the best performers I've ever worked with. And I, Thanks. I, I, I'm not even trying to blow smoke. <laughs> you are amazing. And we're going to try to get you back before the year ends. Yeah. And also know. I'm going to go to Las Vegas in May with the beautiful sushi, uh, Javette, and we're gonna go up there and get a, a room on the strip and we're gonna get Lucky to come meet us to do some more stuff. So uh, yeah, you guys have a good night and remember, your kinks are not shameful. Have a good time, live life. You only have one shot at this shit. And, uh, I'm or do you? <laughs> I mean, you might have several shots at this shit, but you don't know until you Google die. Google your zodiac sign. Exactly. So I'm gonna let uh, Lucky say goodnight in a very sultry, sexy voice. In my, in my raspy. Here we after go. Wrestling. Oh, raspy is good. Though. So raspy. All right. All right. Good night, guys. Good night. <laughs>